What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rambling Souls podcast. This is episode number nine. It's uh, June 23rd, 19, 2021. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm joined here today by all my bandmates here in the Rambling Souls. My name is Aaron Montano Teague, and to my left is Javi Padilla, Gabe Jimenez, Austin Banks, Dexter Haskins. And we're also joined by our wonderful producer, Mr. John Becker. Howdy, howdy. And a very, very special guest. We have Mr. Chuck Stanley. He is a uh, radio personality and journalist, chef and culinary wizard, published author, photographer, and San Antonio legend. So uh, hopefully you guys at home are clapping with us. Let's give him a warm welcome. Chuck, thank you for joining us, brother. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. I, I like legend. I like that, <laughs> man. You got you got quite the resume, man. I, I was I was doing a little bit of digging outside of what I already knew grow, right. growing up with you here in the city. So, uh, man, can I put all this on my dating profile? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also take a sweet picture of you before you can also before put, you leave here. You can also put Dexter on your dating yeah. profile. Yeah, I'll it do helps. that. I'll, I'll extend do the, the radius lift. too. It extend helps. the radius. <laughs> Dex is actually sponsored by Bumble. Yeah. We'll do the duck lips. We'll put a filter on me. I'll look smooth as glass, and there we can go. put all those words on it. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, we're really glad to have you. I mean, uh, there's so many things that we want to talk to you about today. Um, I mean, just from everything you're, we grew up listening to you on the radio, um, all the exciting stuff that you've been doing since then. I mean, we'll get into all that here pretty soon, but uh, we always like to start sure. the, the, the podcast off by uh, cheersing with each other. So today, uh, Hav, I think you brought brought today's. What are we drinking? Yeah, I got the uh, I got the last minute call that we didn't have any booze at the uh, at the podcast studio, and I happen to need some more Jameson for myself anyway. So can't I just, go wrong. I just brought a bottle of that, and whatever we don't drink, I'll bring back home. I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> it's just Jameson tonight, guys. All right, well, yes, it works sir. for me. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Uh, I got a Jameson and Low Star. This feels very this feels much like I need to toast to the limelight that yeah. closed down. Am I allowed to charge you five dollars? <laughs> I think it just kind of it, it kind of feels like we're on tour. Yeah, no, but it just made me think about that. Hoff told me about how it didn't make it through. Man, that was a cool little venue. Gonna yeah, miss that place. The ironic thing about that sound effect was that Limelight is being taken over by Slackers. I heard so it will oh, now yeah. be wow. it will now be uh, a larger Slackers uh, location. And Which Slackers is going to turn you know, into something that's else. Cool. Yeah. So for everybody outside of San Antonio, Slackers is a it's a bar. It's like an arcade bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the, the larger locations have like you know full size like pool, but it's with soccer balls yeah, and you like kick them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's cool. just drunk games. It's a grown up chug exactly. cheese. Yeah, drunk games. <laughs> yeah. But it's got yeah. they've got like all the classic. It smells games the too. same. They got like. Pac-Man and Street Fighter and all that shit. Like, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I got my ass handed to me in Mortal Kombat 2 the other night, oh. as a matter of fact. As Slackers. Damn. Sweet. <laughs> I have lost my touch. Episode 10, the Rambling Souls invade <laughs> Slackers, Mortal Kombat. Get over here. Awesome. So, Chuck, man, let's uh, let's fill everybody in, man. Can I know I, I mentioned a few things here that we're, uh, we're kind of uh, bragging about you mm-hmm. for. So, uh, first off, man, I mean, I, I feel like... You were around for for so much of, of what was what's now rock and roll and music history, right. things that we grew up knowing, like pivotal moments. I mean, True. remember the whole rock report and everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, t- t- talk to us about that stuff. I mean, like, what do you, what's your uh, like how how was that being around and being the guy that brought the news to everybody for that? It was lightning in a bottle. Uh, the rock report was a news segment that we ran on the radio station, you know, six times a day for years and years and years. And there were people that did it before me and there were a few people that did it after I left the business and it was just lightning in a bottle as far as bringing news because during that time you're talking about the early 90s 
all the way through my run in 2006 and then a few years past that. Uh, Chris might have done it. Stacy might have done it. I don't remember. But that time, music news, social media was not a thing. So you didn't get instant news like you do now at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. So back then it was lightning in a bottle, and it was just the way people got rock-oriented news without having to wait for Kurt Loder on MTV News. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, yes. I, we were talking about this kind of before the show started, I don't know how the rock report would exist nowadays. No. And, and I've thought about it as a mental exercise, even though I'm long gone from the business. I think about it as a mental exercise. I don't know how that it would exist. I don't know how you would present news. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a Sirius XM subscriber, mm-hmm. and Me too. you know, on their on their, on their stations, on their rock stations, especially their alt rock stations, et cetera, they they do a similar thing. They'll have like a little news rundown, mm-hmm. but it's not anything you haven't already seen on Consequence of Sound or Pitchfork or Rolling Correct. Stone already. Correct. So yeah, Can I, I, I feel you. Fact. I feel you. Yeah, it's like a it's like a hey, in it's case low. you don't have social media or you yeah. haven't been paying attention. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. I remember yeah. waiting for that to come on because I mean, we would hear everything from new tours that were starting to happen mm-hmm. um yeah, band breakups uh i mean unfortunate yeah people leaving bands and, and all yeah. that stuff it was know. it was legit news maybe a day old maybe a half a day old but in those times it didn't have a time stamp yeah that was mm-hmm. breaking news yeah. nowadays yeah. you couldn't do that you couldn't have a recorded segment because the rock report was ran seven days a week and it was i wrote it the day before, like after lunch, that was my routine. I wrote it the day before after lunch, recorded it in the afternoon before I went home, something like that, and it ran the next day. But then it was still fresh. It was sort of evergreen stories. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you couldn't do that. Yeah, and yeah. it ran that same spot for the rest of the week, right? Or It was did- always at the same time every day, right. seven days right. a week. Right. It ran six times a day. Right. But I always recorded it the day before. So you recorded a new one every day. It recorded wasn't, a new it wasn't one every that day. same one that was running no, every day. No, yeah, new okay. one every well, day. still, then, then, yeah, that's 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 still pretty cutting edge. Yeah, the time. but yeah. you couldn't do that nowadays. Yeah, no. And I don't know how I would do that <laughs> if I was still in the business. I feel like yeah. that, that was such a special time to be, you know, alive and conscious of these things because you appreciated it. And, and right. growing up, I mean, I, I, I we remember what it was like before social media and the internet and everything. And, right. you know, to have well, something some like of that. Us it was, do. It, well, shut up. <laughs> we got the young buck over here, but Amen. I mean, you know, it was it was great to have that kind of stuff because that's how you kept in the loop. It was just this whole different way of life that now just no longer exists. Yeah, like right. you know, kids I'm, these days. They, well, they're not going to know. You know. I'm I'm old enough to admit that I have I have actually taped a song off of the radio before. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you actually, know, I might have some that, cassettes with that, you on it. That still. does that does not happen anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I think several you know? of us, for that matter, are are able to yeah. to join in on that one. You know, as far as like like Aaron said, you know, getting all the latest and, and greatest news, man, as far as like certain bands, whether they've been breaking up or heading out on tour or, you know, writing some new material, that kind of sort of thing. So th- I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. I so, once requested a song just so that I could record it. It worked. That's what you used to yeah. do, man. It, it was cool because <laughs> call the request line. It was so funny because I remember getting on Kiss, right? And this was like, you know, at midnight or so, whatever. And this was before like Texas tracks and all that. And Midnight, I, I, I would in trouble. Yeah, I know. I would get on there and I would request a song, and because I was, you know, rocking on the job or whatever, and 
you got this little squirrely voice like, hey, guys, can you play uh, Bulls on Parade? You know, Rage Against the Machine. And I would just wait yeah, for yeah. it to happen, wait for it. To, and it might have happened once or twice, but like, okay, brother, you're you're not working the graveyard shift right now. I know that for a fact, you know, but, you know, thanks for listening. I'm in. surprised it wasn't a, ma'am, uh, where do you work? But everybody says, when they hear my voice, they're like, man, your voice is so deep. I'm like, well, it was probably that way, too, maybe when I was like 10, but. <laughs> so Chuck, how did how did you end up in the industry, man? I always like to I always wonder about that. And you know, what 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 brought you there? Was that something you wanted to do all along, or did you just kind of like fall into it? Or I fell into it sort of, but I also did it on purpose. Um, I did college radio starting in '93, and it was simply something I wanted to do was just be around music. It wasn't necessarily to be on air and do on air things. And hey, look at me! So I got into college radio. Uh, up at Southwest Texas State, and it is Southwest Texas State. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It it's is. not just Damn Texas right. State. <laughs> so I did it there and uh, did it for a couple of years, and then it was part of the radio program where I needed to get an internship. And some of the people I worked with at the radio station in San Marcos were working at KISS here in San Antonio. So I just applied because I just applied. That's where it was to go. And so I got hired by somebody that knew me at the college radio station and I did my internship at kiss. And then a few people got fired, uh, things happened. And all of a sudden I was starting to get, uh, the, the, the promotions jobs where you, you get hired a couple of days a week to go out and pass out stickers or buttons or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Is that Pain the one the, where you like, you, you, they, they send you out in the van and, and right. show up on location. Pain the, dudes. Okay. Uh, the 99, five kiss crew, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And my first day on the job <laughs> at kiss as an intern, was passing out buttons at March 25th, 1995, Van Halen, uh, oh Van Hagar, God. at the Coliseum, which ended up being, I believe, the last show at the Coliseum, I believe. But that was my first day on the job, was that day passing out Van Halen buttons. Was that awesome. that, uh, that that right now tour, like the, the Crystal Pepsi no, and all that? Or no, was that after that? was that? a few years after yeah, that. Yeah, that was after that. Balance tour. Okay. Oh, my Oh, yeah, God. Balance. I remember that, that record. That was when they dropped that I remember album. that record. Yeah. 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 So, Holy cow. And then, you know, eventually after, you know, pleading and begging and, you know, probably swallowing a few, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I got on air. And did some weekends overnights and stuff like that. So, so what was that like when your first time when you got on air? I mean, was there was there nerves? Oh, it was or terrible! Like- <laughs> it was terrible. I got I have some of the tapes. They're terrible. <laughs> you know, because you did you did what you did at college radio, and you thought you were badass. You right, were college radio. I think you got the experience. You're playing alt music, <laughs> and you're playing Sonic Youth, and you're playing early Rage Against the Machine, and you're playing The Cure, and you think you're all. And then you got the Kiss, and you realize there are more people listening than some dude stoned out of his gore in a dorm room across the campus. Rocking out the teenage fan club in the middle of the night, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it, it was, I mean, I have, I have stories out the, the wazoo, but, yeah, it was terrible. But uh, the program director I had at the time, he was just, you know, he was masterful in, in finding and, and honing in talent and figuring out, okay, the person's got passion, they got potential, let's, let's craft it. Let's let's mold it, and that's that awesome. was the beauty of of my program director and a lot of you know the opportunity that I was given. And that's also something you don't see a lot of these days across the board, especially in the music industry. Mm. It used to be, you know, you'd Correct. get signed, and they'd expect your first three records to suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
you know, Correct. and they and they they teach you how to be a good band in the studio and on the road, and they, it was a development deal. There's no such thing anymore. Right. It's, yeah, it's, now, it's now the artist development the, deals yeah. are just basically a way to fund the big dogs. Yeah, and it's insane, man. They expect you to be so. It's that good way across the board. At such a young age. It's like, that way across the board. But yeah. I have I have come to find like a few old heads in town that have been really cool about that stuff. Like when I was in the indie band before and everything when I was younger in high school and stuff like that, I did come ac- across a few that were really good about like, all right. You're going to come to the studio. We're going to do this. But beforehand, I'm going to come to your guys' rehearsals. I'm going to really, like, help you craft and fine-tune things. And they really took on, even though we were just doing, like, demos. It's not like we were recording a full album, high production level or anything. We are just doing demos to try and send out, just to you know, pass out at shows. But there was a few guys that were really cool about coming in and kind of really taking on a production, you know, a producer role right. and a mentor role rather than just like, all right, I'm just going to, you're going to come in here, I'm going to hit record, you're going to do a live recording and then you're going to get the hell out. Well, yeah, but still, they were investing in you without you investing in them. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. 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 It's I, not, I, it's I, not, I hope <laughs> I'm wrong about it, but that's, it's just so rare these it's days. Not I mean, yeah. from what it's I see. Not it's, common it's not at common at all. At all. Like, yeah. It's it not was, even common in TV. Yeah. No. You got to remember the early 90s. Uh, let's take Friends and Seinfeld, for example. First couple of seasons, nobody was watching that. They, yep. were, they were bombs. Yeah. And and then somehow they found an audience in the second and third seasons. They took off and became classics, whether you like them or not. They're classics. That Does that happen now with TV shows that we mm-hmm. watch on no. any platform? No. Oh, no. man. It all, if it's it, one bad season, they're gone. Yeah. yeah right? that, it like, jumps to, like, Netflix yeah, or something. They don't even stay around. Well, even, even the Netflix shows. Enough. Even the Netflix shows. I blame so the Internet. <laughs> it's Oh, uh, no. You know what it is? It's Vine. Vine freaking... Shorten the attention span down to seven seconds, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> I swear to I remember after Vine came out, I would be scrolling through Facebook, and if something was like three and a half minutes, I was like, no, nope, nope, way too long, pass. way too long. Like, get out of here. Uh, like, it's the, it's it's the streaming, <laughs> the streaming services. The yeah, streaming, it just like, ruins your attention Now Netflix span. is like having their own shows, like no, one thing doesn't work, all right, next thing, next yeah. thing, next thing. So well, many of them next? go for one or yeah. two seasons. Time. And, and honestly, it. every time they make one, it gets worse and worse in production yeah. value because mm-hmm. they're right. just spitting them out. And that's indicative of all yeah. media, yeah. radio, music, yeah. TV. That's just the way it is. It's yeah. become quantity over quality yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're just mm-hmm. spitting it out. So you, Whatever sticks to the wall, great. I had, re- I, had read something, I had read something that like the Karate Kid was like literally on this just budget if you will and it was just really kind of going off of you know the, the the stars of the show you know the guys that actually were in the movie yeah and seeing if in fact that could carry on if you will and and really blow it out of proportion and, and lead to you know another season oh you're talking about the season. cobra kai yeah, show yeah. Cobra kai. oh yeah. okay i, I like you're talking about the movie okay. no 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 i'm yeah the cobra kai, cobra kai and, yeah. and it was just like wow and then that thing just blew up and it yeah. put for instance a band like airborne who had been around for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who had had back in the game. Yeah. Back in the game. And after that, everyone was just like... Aren't they from Australia? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Australian yeah. rock. Yeah, Can't you tell? Yeah, they're about <laughs> to make some appearance. They were just like, you know, who's this band? And by the time you know it, you look them up, and they're like, they're he- you know headlining like festivals or up there on the marquees. And it's just like, that's really cool, man. Well, yeah, it's just funny. You know, like, we talk about... You know, the way things used to be. Back back probably when Chuck was was in radio... The idea of being in a movie or a TV show or a commercial or anything was like the absolute last thing a rock band would ever do. It was selling out. You would never yeah. do that. Right. And now the industry has shifted to such where your goals 
honestly, <laughs> or to get into movies, yeah. TV yeah. shows, or commercials. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> so Chuck, uh, a little bit ago, you mentioned how like you were getting groomed over there and kind of like you know taught how to how to do everything. Is that one of those things where it kind of brought you into where you are as far as... Because, I mean, we know that you have a, a huge appreciation for music and, I mean, great music. You know it all around. Um, but was that something that you picked up on the job over there? Or was that just kind of like one of those happy like things that you had already and what? it just helped you... you Knowing know, music or being a fan of music? Yeah, well, just being able to... to just the appreciation for it. Because I know you said you want to be around music, right? Right. And so you went into radio and all that. But while you're getting groomed in the form of media that delivers it right i mean is that something that gave you more of a uh more of the appreciation or was it that you you know what you already had built in helped you kind of make your way through i think it was built in and then when they saw when specifically kevin was my program director when when kevin saw the things that i brought to the presentation and in my even before the rock report uh, i was very information oriented uh, facts news things interesting things tidbits i wasn't wasn't the joke guy on the radio. I wasn't, even though I kind of wanted to be, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. My thing was just dishing out information, bringing, bringing something cool to the table. And he saw that. So that's what he found a way to mold, which ended up becoming the rock report because it delivered the news. That, in turn, led me into the path of being the guy that interviewed the bands for the station because my natural uh, you know I, I cared about the music or the bands or the i found interesting things to talk about find ask them about that was my path that was my wiggle room into becoming that guy and that was just another um aspect of of what i did there yeah. and, and that's it so that that that's what it was i wasn't the funny guy so i wasn't the guy the guy's gonna be groomed for the morning show years down the road when John and Steve retire uh-huh. was the information news uh, voice of authority um, made the bands when I interviewed them feel comfortable or or made it more like a conversation instead of an interrogation. So right. did you did you know at the time that that was like your niche or was no. that just like something that you're just like going with the flow? That was my natural just being the type of music fan I was growing up and then eventually in the radio days. That was just innate, and that's just that's just kind of how I am in general. Just inquisitive. I want to know more. I want to learn more, um, and not for any other purpose than just to satisfy my own itch. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what cooking is about. That's what photography is about. That's what I'm learning now. I'm learning Italian. It's one of my hobbies. I don't watch TV, so I watch things I can learn and do and. That that's just an overall encompassing of me, and that's how I chose to do things. And then, luckily, I had a mentor and a person like Kevin who saw that. He goes, "How do we utilize it? How do we capitalize it? How do we expand upon this?" And that lightning in a bottle. That's great. I mean, yeah, when you have the things, the right things happening at the right time, and right. the right minds to know when what to run with and when. I mean, it's just amazing the things that can come out of that i mean right. some of the greatest things that we we enjoy throughout history and in the arts i mean that's that's how it all happened you know I, that's yeah. that's one of my favorite things about media even though sometimes it's got some bad sides right but, right you know it's it's, it's great how like anything like that. yeah. and that's just so cool because we, we didn't well 99.5 kids didn't have anything like that you know right. 
and it was really really cool to be able to you know be able to to gravitate towards something like that for people like yourself like-minded who who were looking for something as far as just an outlet instead of just somebody trying to be you know a comedian so to speak and and make things you know uncomfortable uh just to kind of get the lowdown that's really cool well you know what what fans really like is information they want to know they want to know the trivia the facts etc etc yeah so yeah so yeah like you know capitalizing on that was a great thing that's what that's what the fans are really rabid about you know that's what they want to know and that was my central my my simple uh approach to music and just being a fan of music i wanted to know things Mm -hmm. so that's how i presented when i had my opportunity and that just happened to be a niche that needed to be filled at that moment in time Lightning in a bottle, you run with it and go, and you just you got lucky. Yeah, so you got lucky. So over the course of your career, you covered a lot of milestones in music history. I mean, is there anything that stands out to you that you was like your absolute favorite thing? It's like I'm the guy who gets to break this. I mean, because you uh, let an entire huge city, like a city of millions, sure. know about like what's the, going on. The, the the good stuff. It's going to sound bad, but the good stuff you don't really remember. You just remember the bad stuff, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And the bad stuff being. Things like breaking uh, uh, Dave Williams or Johnny Poole dying, uh, uh, Dimebag dying, uh, mm-hmm. Lane Staley dying. Uh, unfortunately, those are the things that are etched in people's brains. Yeah, I know there's probably some good stuff out there. I don't know what they are because that's good to somebody individually. Subjective, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah, completely subjective. I so. think it's definitely human nature for us to always remember the bad. It's like yeah. you know, <laughs> well, we were discussing before the show, uh, you know, finding out that like. Bands like Audio Slave were a thing, or, or Velvet Revolver was going to be a thing, or what were some of the other bands we came up with? Those are the good things I would presume would be the the, the stuff that was fun to present. Yeah, I loved it. Like man. like oh my, you know, Chris Cornell's getting together with Rage Against the Machine. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we always remember the, the the bad stuff too, and 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 those were pretty seminal moments when you had to, you know, come up there and, and the night Dime died. I mean, that was just yeah. crazy. Yeah, that was that was because that was early oh, internet. So you weren't you weren't on the station yet when Kurt Cobain died. No, example. I was still on college radio. Yeah, I was still in San Marcos. Yeah. That was, I remember, but yeah. but still, I remember hearing the breaking news of that on ninety nine five, which yeah. is crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so but Lane Staley, that one was super. That was rough yeah, too. that was that was huge. Yeah, that one was probably the most painful of that of that group. Yeah, they found him like what? The other one weeks later, right? two weeks so later. Yeah. Yeah. They they found him two weeks later, and they back timed it to the day actually Cobain died. So oh, Cobain wow. died, yeah, on the same, on yeah, the same day, same day. Yeah. but uh, uh, six years apart, eight years apart. Two thousand two for Lane, ninety four for Kurt. Yeah. So That's yeah, crazy. they back timed it to that day, and it was not pretty. They found him dead. Cats eating him. Rats. I mean, you know, oh, it was yeah. it was a heroin act, and, and yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't until like like after the fact that you know everything spills, and and now then you know you you find out all that information behind it. It's just like golly, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that hurt me the most personally was Scott Weiland, but you know what? Yeah. This was this was after of course Chuck's time, but I actually checked out the Wildabouts over at uh, River City Rockfest, and. Oh my God! It was one of those things where seeing that performance, you know, of Scott Wallen getting up there and doing that, and I believe I believe Lincoln Park was mm-hmm. was at that yeah. uh, oh, wow. River City Rock Fest double, headlining yeah. double whammy, mm-hmm. and um, seeing that performance, man, I was just like, you know, he's slurring his words, 
he looks like you know this human being that just maybe suffered his second or third stroke it, it was Dude, it he's was so pale so hard crazy. to see so that pale. you know of the and what i'm getting to is um man it was it was so so bad like i almost felt like maybe jerry cantrell sitting on that stage at you know the unplugged you know looking over at uh oh, he at lane yeah. and thinking like it's a lost cause, man. Yeah, he knew. You uh, know, I think Cantrell's talked about that in interviews. Yeah. Since then, he knew that was the end. He has. He knew. And and you know, Sean Kinney and you know Mike Inez and and you know Metallica was actually at that performance. You know, friends don't let friends give friends haircuts. Um, that was after you know they they cut all their locks off and all, mm-hmm. and uh, they just said the guy you know you were just you know speaking right through him, man. He he wasn't there, you know, right. and it was just a matter of time. Let him finish off and carry on his passion until. But anyways, Did, have you have you ever seen those reaction videos on YouTube? So you can you can go on on YouTube and look at a reaction from the unplugged, they're unplugged, and people that have never heard their music, but they're like, you know what, I'm gonna record a YouTube video. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it all the way through, and you know this is my honest reaction. When he comes out on stage for for uh, um, what's that? The last song he sang, not the last one, and he messed it up. And he comes, he goes back into it, and the dude that I was watching, he just starts like crying. He's like, "I don't even know this band, but the fact that I know he's dead." And he comes out here, and he's like, "You know, what's the same thing? It's the same thing like, like Kurt Cobain. You know, at the end when when he's uh, when they play uh, the Lead Belly song, you know, where'd you sleep last night? Mm-hmm. He does this weird like g- gathers himself, looks out into the crowd, and he's staring into like yeah. nothing." Did, yeah, but I, at the same time, his voice cracks so beautifully, and it's like the oh, best live yes. recording you've destined. ever heard in your life. Boom! Like, yeah, and and you, and you look at his band. You know, you, you, you look at you know Chris and, and Dave Grohl. They're just like studying him. Like, okay, we're well, gonna get you through this. And it's come out subsequent. You know, after that, that that day, um, he was hurting. He was withdrawing. Oh yeah, he was super dope sick that and, day. And yeah. he was he was he was actually rumored, though non confirmed, what they talk about in interviews. Where there were MTV personnel trying to find him, find junk him drugs, yeah, to get him to good get him for the do show. the show. Yeah, and, I've, I've read that as and well. There's that a they reason had, why they had like showrunners and stuff trying to find him. That drugs. was the same hockey ring apparently in which they used it for Alice in Chains because these guys were so so thin, so brittle that they had to like double shirt and or coats and layer because. They, they just didn't want to like, yeah. yeah, it's, oh man. They didn't want to look like super yeah. emaciated. And oh, if man, you, that's if so you crazy. see like some of the close ups of like Lane Staley, man, you know, the gangrene on his nails and, and he's wearing those cut off gloves and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, God, man, it's so bad, dude. Yeah. But it is, you know, hey. Incredible. Well, since we're talking about all this stuff that's, uh, you know, reminiscing and all, I think this is a good time to do our, uh, our this day, this day in music history. In music history. Nice. All right, brother, what you got? Uh, got a few today. June 23rd, 2021, got thrown it back to 1975 to lead it off. Alice Cooper, during his Welcome to My Nightmare tour in, in Vancouver, fell off the stage, broke six ribs. <laughs> but did he finish the tour did in a finish? throne? Pledge, <laughs> pledge to continue the tour unabated. Wow. Man, that's wild. That's rock and roll. I was waiting for that, dude. I was I so like waiting for you to say that. Yeah. I say that too much, dude. I like Alice Cooper. I say that too much. Your shoes came untied. That's rock and roll. That's rock and roll. Damn it. Sir, do you want, you I want like plastic Alice Cooper or? a lot. You know why That's I like Alice Cooper a lot? Because without him, there'd be no Marilyn Manson. And I know Marilyn Manson's a piece of shit or whatever, but 
I love Marilyn Manson, so thank you, Alice Cooper, for making that possible. <laughs> so so re- recalling what happened that night, he said uh, he was using a toy box as a prop, fell over and knocked him off the stage, cracked his ribs, hit his head on the cement floor, suffered a concussion also. Oh, God. Wow. Finished the show. Yikes. Finished it all. Show must go on. Sir. So wait, did Dude. he finish the tour, though? I know he, you said he vowed to finish the tour. Does it say if he did or not? I'm pretty sure he I did. I think so. Yeah. Fuck yeah. With six broken ribs? Dude, I remember seeing... Damn, uh, people wouldn't even finish a football season with six says, broken uh, ribs. <laughs> true. Uh, Drew Brees did. Exactly. Come on, yeah. give me Breeze a break. Well, you get, you're taking hits in football. No, but dude, broken ribs are the worst, though. Well, he to goes breathe up. and sing like that? Like yeah, and you that. can't yeah. do anything about it, either. Yeah, you can't immobilize how, the how, rib. He, like, he, how are you going to snort coke with six broken <laughs> ribs? Poor Alice. He told the AP... Poor Alice. He told the Associated Press... Uh, Hurt when he tried to catch his breath, tried to sing, couldn't get any volume. Hmm. I got I got an Al story via via through Vince Neal. Please share. So, oh wow! So early in the two thousands, Alice Cooper is you know obviously a big golf guy. He played one of our charity golf tournaments. Yeah. Same same time that uh, Vince Neal did. <clears throat> Vince Neal came in the night before. Of course, he's shit bombed at All Stars. He's you know complete. You know he's Vince Neal. He's Vince Neal, man. But the next day, they're all playing golf. And of course, Vince uh, or Alice is just super f- professional because you know he takes his he golf takes game that seriously. Shit seriously. Seriously. Yeah. But the story like we him. always tell at the at the station was Vince. Vince was hurting. Vince was the next day. He reaches into his pocket to try and find something. You know, doesn't know what he's getting. He reaches into his pants. He pulls out this pill. And he just takes it and he goes, I love me. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't reaching for a, a golf tee. No, he, was, he was searching his pocket like, what is that? And he pulls out some type of pill. We don't know what it was, but we all saw him say it. God, I love me. And he takes the pill and he just keeps on. <laughs> Man, that's, now that, that Aaron, rock that's rock and roll. roll. And, and we can, can, only, can we get a clap on that? Can we get uh, a... Yeah, and, sorry, I love I'm myself. Okay, just a, there you go. It's just he knew he was about to feel so good. He's we like, can, well, we can only assume that he knew what the pill was. I'm like sure. he could have just found Tylenol. the pill and been like, "It was Tylenol. fucking uh, whatever." It sweet. was a jagged little pill, <laughs> dude. He was probably like, "Dude, my allergies are killing me right now." Here's some Alivert. Like he washed his pants and then he no, didn't know like there yeah. was another one there. Like, what is this? I don't know. Right. But well, hold on, hold on. I got It's got to feel better than this. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry, John. My dick go go ahead. Being real disrespectful to John here, but no, Chuck, no, right quick. You mentioned the, the the golf tournament. Do you play golf? No. Oh, no. damn it. I play putt putt. Oh, rock so, and roll. So yeah. we had uh, that's rock and roll. We had uh, we had uh, we had the dog. We had, it was called a dog leg golf tournament, and we wanted to do uh, a mini golf tournament for the people who didn't play, and we were going to call it the puppy leg. Nice. So okay. it never happened. That was one of those things I fought for. You know, just being goofy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, later down the the line, uh, I organized the puppy leg with just a bunch of friends to do it, you know, just something to do radio friends and people around us. But we didn't end up calling it the puppy dog. We ended up calling it the white trash invitational. Oh, nice. okay. So, yeah, a, and we okay. did it at the embassy, embassy golf over there on 281 and bitters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's right by five Oh two. Right. by One of my favorite places. So yeah, there you go. There's my, there's my Alice Cooper story via Vince Neil, via Viagra, via uh, golf. <laughs> <laughs> putt, putt. That's actually a solid uh, putt, putt course. I've, I've been there. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Mr. John, I love, that, I love that mini golf course, by the way. So that, what you're the, saying is, right. if we can get you on the green, you will be our designated putter. I am currently, as of the last 25 years ago, 
the White Trash Invitational champion. Oh, right. let's do a scramble. Let's get a scramble. Let's get a That's all we got to do. One. We just got to get him on he, the green. Not to spend too much time on this, this is something that Aaron and one of our sponsors uh, have been talking about uh, at a Fury Golf, Ted, at a Fury Golf, that uh, we want to try to put together a Rambling Souls, you know, you know, golf scramble event. You know, a Ramble where, Scramble? There oh, dude. There it, there it is. There it is. There it is. It's it's taking shape right now as we speak. Scrambling. A rambling, scrambling souls. So I think you know maybe you know some of the stuff that we talked about was uh, you know maybe using one of like the the municipal courses here in San Antonio, Texas. You know, off the Alamo Golf Trails, uh, and and having an event to where you know we have food catered and have some prizes. Yeah, uh, all for charity. All for charity. Um, and again, you know, maybe followed by a little. You know, one-off Ramblin' Souls, you know, acoustic kind of unplug gig. So that's something that's kind of in the talks and in the makings. And you know, maybe yeah, we we're, have in, you, we're uh, in the uh, brainstorming the logistics stage right now, but I'm sure it will happen sometime yeah. soon. I'm in the band, and this is the first I've heard of it, but I am down. Let's do it. <laughs> You've been working like crazy, man. Yeah, let's do it. Same. All right, John, what you got, bro? <laughs> I like it. I, I like the Ramblin' Scramblin' foursome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hav. Be a good boy. Snag me another beer, please. I just got back. <laughs> I was being all quiet. He said, "Be too. a good boy, not a bad boy." Hot, get over it. <laughs> right. Reaching right. there real deep, like moving along uh, in the years. We got 1990. Me too. Coming along, 1990. A Buddy Holly Gibson acoustic guitar sold for 139,000 pounds, which is 237 USD back then. In the Sotheby's auction, guitar was a in a tooled leather case made by Holly himself. And so today, equivalent to about $500,000. Wait, the case was made by him or it was yeah, just tooled by him? Like, tooled leather case oh. made by him. For $500,000 now? Is yes. what it would be today? Yes. Yeah, damn. God, that is crazy. Damn. Can you imagine? Gabe, Gabe's going to trade up for it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to trade a pack of cigarettes and like a thing of orbits. and He's <laughs> like, he's going to sc- score that off of Offer Up. He's a scrapper. He's gonna, he's gonna walk scrapper, in there with a, a squire, a carton of cigarettes, and so, a second. So Chuck, we have we have this running joke with oh, Gabe because geez. he's like the master of the trade. Like he'll acquire these insanely nice instruments for like an extension cord, amps, or pedals. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you pay for this? Oh man, I gave him a couple pedals and like I don't know, like two hundred bucks. Like, dude, I, I just told him like you know I'd give him a hug and say I'm sorry, bro. That sucks. <laughs> uh, all his fingers are fake. Gabe actually chopped fingers off. <laughs> All right, John, where are we at now? What's up? Uh, 96, Brian Adams and Metallica here. <laughs> Brian Adams was number one in the UK albums chart with 18 Till I Die. Metallica in the US, number one with the album Load. Over 5 million copies uh, sold now. Load. What a yeah. controversial what record. Album. What a controversial record. I, I would say even this? more controversial 96. than the Black Album. What do you think? You're probably asking the wrong guy because... Yeah. I don't find it controversial. I don't, I don't, why do you, let me ask you, let me, let me turn it back on you. Why do you find it controversial? Yeah, yeah. I find it, I, I, I say that because I feel that among Metallica fans and I am not a diehard Metallica fans by fan by any sure. means, but just, you know, keeping up with music, I feel that load was like that second inflection point. It's like the black album happened and they pivoted once Right. And then load happened, and they pivoted again. Right, hey, and at least I feel it was like, insane anger, though. And I Come feel on. like that might have been like the last straw for some people. Sure, honestly, no, I, yeah. I, that this was the time I was on air, and so trust me, I've heard this 
five million times. Yeah, and so I'm I, sure. you know, I'm, I'm kind of baiting you, but I'm kind of not. No, but, but I point, have no dog in the fight because yeah. I'm not a super big Metallica fan. I'm just doing it yeah. the same way you are as just an observer. Right. I, um, I, t- I look at it from a, a artistic point of view. Uh, there is no artist, painter, cook, anything that's creative in this world that wanted to be doing the same thing for every day. Absolutely. So at that point, they were, what, 15 years old, something like that? At that point, they were 15 years old, and of course, coming off the success of Black Album. So my argument was always, or my point of view, because I wasn't a a surrogate for them. No artist wants to keep doing the same shit for 15 years. You don't want to paint the same thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to wear the same clothes. You don't want to listen to the same music. You don't want to do anything the same. Now, you appreciate things that you like from 15 years ago, but you don't want to wear those clothes. You don't want to drive that car. Uh, some people don't want to be in a relationship. They got to change. They got to do stuff. And to me, from an artistic point of view, you have to do stuff like load. Mm-hmm. You have to do stuff like St. Anger. You have to do stuff like uh, what my, the Miley Cyrus cover coming out. You have to do those things because you, you need to get it out of your system. Yeah. yeah, and and from an artistic point of view, fully agree with you. Yeah, and like from a from a you know just a observing Metallica fans point of view, I don't know that they get that. Yeah, and well, I think what, that's unfortunate. That's, I think that's one of the fun. most brilliant things that they did was that S and M album. That's really when like I got bored with their stuff because I grew up listening to it, and then they came out with that. Oh man, that blew my mind. Right. I didn't know that you could have such beautiful stuff going on with something that I grew up thinking was like heavy and just in your face yeah, and everything yeah. that everything that I thought rock and roll was. Mm-hmm. I kind of ignored the the possibility of of, of a, a different type of musicianship being accompanied yeah, or accompanying the, yeah. the product. But they've you know always I mean? been capable of that. Musicianship, yeah, and that, that's you know? why I'm, I was so mind blown. And, well, and just, I, I recently, I actually recently watched a video on YouTube about the uh, making of Nothing Else Matters. Which was at the time like a huge hot button fucking problem. No, I know they were they were a thrash metal band, and suddenly they have this like power Power ballad, ballad. basically. You know, which they got a lot of flack for. And it was something that apparently James Hetfield was just like writing. No, he was on the phone. He He was was on the phone with a buddy. No, he he was just he was on the phone with his girlfriend. Was that was it? He was on tour. He was on the phone with his girlfriend. So he only had one hand. And he only had one hand free because he was holding the phone. So he's doing that. Yeah. And over the course of the tour, it evolved into a song. And one day Lars comes in and is like, dude, that's fucking sick. Yeah. And and he's like, really? Well, do you know this? I figured you guys would hate it. And he's like, no, man. That's cool. So, like, clearly, they've never had a problem with upsetting their fans, and but that's right. that's always a thing with with rock bands, right? Like, where do we with are we going to piss everybody that likes us off, or are we just going to do what we wanted? Well, you know that that album, and, the Black Album, was the first one that they brought in like a real producer. Yeah, that's the first time they had like an actual. I think that's Rick Rubin producer. On that. I believe no, no, uh, uh, Bob Rock. Bob Rock is on. Yeah, that. yeah, that makes yeah. sense because so the, the, the first the sound quality was so different. So that was the whole thing. Was like yeah. he was trying to go off of like, okay, you know, and Justice for All was cool. It was punchy, but like your guys' live show is still so much better than anything that's on an album. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so much, so much more powerful and everything than anything yeah. that you guys have captured on it. And so that was part of the thing that he was trying to do. And like with the soft songs in mind, you know the story about the the solo on the Unforgiven, like 
Kurt came in with this whole thing, like shredding solo that he had worked on for weeks and he'd like, and they were like the okay, night before so are you ready to record yeah the night before he was like really fine-tuning it he was like oh man this is my best work i'm gonna go in i'm gonna show the producers he's gonna love it and he does it for him and he's like all right cool so that was your warm-up what you really got and he's Damn. Just, he was just like, just heartbroken crushed, yeah crushed. and he was like you know what we're gonna hit record just see what happens and that first take, that's what's on the album. Yeah, well, and that's you know, probably one of the best Metallica solos. Well, you know, ever. again, like, as a non-Metallica fan, just an observer, they've always been around as yeah. long as I've been alive. Uh, there's always been Metallica. I recognize that their earlier stuff is, you know, whatever it is. But you know, me being me, always appreciating the accessible side of things. Mm-hmm. Black album's the best. thing No, I was going to say that earlier. Like, I think and it's the best. That's the pinnacle of their career, and that's the honest to god truth. Because it's the perfect <laughs> in between of like it really the like the staying heavy and like true to thrash, and, and it's like, so crazy. But it's also refined. Like, you know, even with bands like you know, we talk about Green Day a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, between the two of us, like I know you're who's same Green thing. Day they fans. catch a I'm lot of shit Green lately too for not yeah, sounding for like basket like case anymore. But, but like, there's a certain again, point where they don't like, want to sound like, like how like how can you be 50 years old and sound like you did when you were 19? <laughs> exactly. Like, why do <laughs> I want to? Like, I've got millions of dollars now. Why I do I want to sound like I recorded? I just want to say basement. one thing about yeah. that. Like, yeah, if that was in fact the pinnacle of their career, they actually went out on tour for that album and opening up for Guns N' Roses for Usual Illusions one and two. That's crazy, isn't it? That is it crazy. Is crazy. It's a hell of a bill. <laughs> I do remember a tour of them. Uh, it was Faith Guns No Roses, More. Metallica and Faith No More. It was More. Faith No More, Metallica, yeah. Guns N' Roses. Wow. Yeah. All right, so John, I think you got a couple more, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I just want to finish up with Metallica here. Well, I got huh. the opportunity. Die Hard, oh, so, uh, Die Hard Metallica fan. Yes. That's how <laughs> He's I, been I got. He's been waiting. Got, got into metal, man. I, I got the opportunity. My, my mother, she got us a... Uh, floor tickets to see them on their death magnetic tour which was awesome the stage was in the shape of a coffin they had like six <laughs> or eight different mic points so james hetfield was running around the stage awesome man him him and kirk jamming out together me and james locked eyes one i swear to god we locked you eyes had, you had your moment. Moment. i've uh, I've, like, I've never seen metallica live rock but roll. i would like to honestly it, it would, was it I was amazing like so so that's my tidbit there also touching on the black album if numbers don't lie 16 times platinum mm-hmm. if you want to wow. call that the the pinnacle I mean, that's, and that's uh, by the old platinum standards, right? Not the, the RIAA yeah. one million records. Yeah, like it actually I, sold. No, yes. I believe they've not, changed. I, I believe they've just changed streamed. the standards. I don't think you have to sell as much anymore. Yeah, because now all these platinum. like what, like Call Me Maybe went diamond or whatever. But I like, think it's, know, something, like, it's something. It's something weird. Like oh, like no. I think it's weird. Like Tell every ten age. streams <laughs> equals one buy yeah. or something like that yeah be, I, i'm not sure it exactly, definitely needs but, to be more difficult but so yeah. i got the numbers in front of me uh black albums 16 times platinum obviously diamond there next one and justice for all 18 eight times platinum eight times oh wow and that's the next in line yeah next in line Dude, that's, like flair. that's like rick flair 16 time world heavyweight champion bro that's awesome <laughs> hey. Woo! Woo! and then you got master and ride Woo! the lightning six times each Right, Good Lord. So, so their first, so their first, everything's four, multi, everything's multi platinum. Their like first there's. five records are still their way highest selling records. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. that's for which that's is, for most bands, which but, is you know, true. Yeah, you know, I look at all this critically, and I've seen it. It's all the same argument for any band you pick. Yeah, Green yeah. Day, Pearl Jam, pick, pick one. Yep, it's, it's the all same the same. Shit. Everybody's yeah. gonna always like the first few albums. 
and that's that's the, but that's the basis. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's your basis for life. You like the cartoons you liked growing up, and yeah. everything nowadays is going to be based on those cartoons you like growing up. Yes, sir. It's yeah. all the same argument. They they the say whatever they say whatever was your favorite when you were like fourteen, fifteen years old is just going to be your favorite for the rest of your life. That's that's just it's how when, your okay balls drop, <laughs> when your balls <laughs> drop. When your balls drop, I don't know who said it. that, but they're fucking right. Yeah, that's what they say. Well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't listen to anything <laughs> like that. that had singing in it other than like Slipknot or Disturbed. Like that was his. So I don't know. I don't and know. And you about still that. love that shit. I do love it. I do love it. Don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, I like think like, oh no, like I'm chill now. I'm not a huge metalhead. And then I put on a put fucking that shit on. Each. I put on Slipknot, and I'm just like, <laughs> and the next thing you know, yes. you're fucking destroying your apartment. <laughs> Babe, turn it off. Moshing with the dog. Oh yeah, well, and, dogs. And a, a band like Metallica been around for thirty years. If they dropped an album next year. It'll they're gonna they're gonna play all the songs off the album. They're also gonna play all the hits. Yeah, you know, like that got well, them there. Th- the thing is, though, if they drop an album next year, nobody, in my opinion, nobody who hasn't already been listening to them for like twenty or thirty years is going to. So they're to yeah, it's most, only they're gonna get new fans. Their most yeah. recent one, Hardwired to Self Destruct, twenty sixteen, only sold a million four thousand. Still, that's really good. Only, I mean, honestly, no, fuck that. We need more. Um, keeping it moving here. Uh, 2009 now. In the 2000s, uh, Chris Brown pleaded yes. guilty to count of assault today <laughs> on his former girlfriend, Rihanna. <laughs> really? You put that in there? Yeah. You really put that well, in there? I'm sorry that I laughed at that. She was, uh, she was 21. He was 19 and sentenced to five years probation. Six months community service. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that but factoid belongs make, under this umbrella. Tintin, but me Phyllis, have you seen? Her? Hey, last one here. Last one here. Taking it all the way back. 1929. June Carter, born today. Happy birthday, June Carter. Five-time Grammy winner. GG. Wife of Johnny Cash. Yeah, actually wrote some of. Some of his big hits, apparently, as reported yeah. from what I've heard. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. That was you know, a pretty they, good word on the way. They had a uh, Ring of Fire, Jackson, and If I Were a Carpenter yeah, just, together. Oh, yeah. Well, there Ring you go. I think that has been our uh, Today in Music History segment. You got to get like a you gotta get like a school bell, like a, a school, and then a class. That was out. the more you know sound. Class Do it again. Yeah. He, he might be a little too young for that. <laughs> All right. So, Chuck, I want to get back to some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier. So, um... I mean, you, you, you mentioned, you know, when we're talking about the arts, cooking and, and everything else. This is one I really want to talk to you about. Sure. So you went to culinary school, you became yep. a chef, mm-hmm. and you ended up becoming a published author on a cookbook. And this, I, I got I to give everyone the title here. It's Eat at CBQ, the cookbook, A Rebellious Rock and Roll Approach to Texas Barbecue. I mean, that's the hugest <laughs> selling point to me right yeah. there. Automatically, I'm like all in. Yeah. So like, I mean... Talk to me about like the, the culinary end of things. I mean, what, what what happened there? Well, I left radio uh, on my own terms because uh, I wanted to do it before terms were made for me. <laughs> and I didn't like what I was seeing in the radio world. So I left on my own term, went to culinary school in Houston, uh, which I hated to go to because that's where I grew up. And I didn't want to go back there because Houston's the... They just fester basic bros. It's just. It's just <laughs> can, I, can I ask you how old are you? How old? I'm. Fo- I'm. Be, I'll be forty eight. No, in a no, no. Weeks. no. How old are you when you're doing this? Uh, so that was two thousand six. I was thirty three. 
I just want to see you. 33. Yeah, 33. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture. I'm going to be there with him. You want to be there with uh, Yeah. Because yeah. well, you were one of the bros. I didn't realize you'd left, you'd left radio so long ago, yes. honestly. It's been 15 years. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, June 2nd of 06. Wow, time um, flies. So I left and went to Houston because that's yeah, I had family there. I could go there, go to school, have a part-time job in the family business. You know, take advantage of my resources. Yeah. With culinary school, uh, it was a business-type culinary school, so it not only did the cooking, it did the business end of things. I wrote uh, a business plan that I was taking seriously because I knew after that I wanted a some type of food business. Wasn't planning on opening a restaurant, but it happened. So I opened the restaurant in uh, 2010, and uh, did that one for four years, and then we took that restaurant and moved it up to New Braunfels in 14 and did a varied version of it and did that until 18 when my health uh, just took a complete nosedive. Uh, and I shut down the restaurant in uh, May of 18 uh, before I was in a coffin. And then uh, uh, knowing that I was not going to, do restaurants anymore is the impetus of the cookbook. So that summer of 18, while I was trying to recuperate my body, thinking I could do it in three months, being a jackass thinking I could do that, I wrote the cookbook. So uh, I wrote the cookbook over that summer uh, and got it published on Amazon September of 18. And Eat CBQ, the cookbook, is a playoff of Spaceballs. Nice. Nice. Spaceballs, the movie. Spaceballs, the toilet paper. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. Spaceballs, the, you know, that, that mm-hmm. scene in the movie where they do all the merchandising. Mm-hmm. It's just a playoff of that. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, that was cool. impetus. So the recipes were for the customers because I was not going to open any more restaurants. Yeah. So the customers wanted these recipes. Fuck it. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Give me yeah. some money for it, but here you go. <laughs> yeah. So Amazon's, as much in, as evil as they are, um, it's just an easy way for people to uh, have access. Go on there. You buy it. Oh. They send it to you. I get a royalty check every once in a while. Dude. That's it. So the, the two things that really grab my attention about that, like the description on it, like you had me at a rebellious rock and roll approach to, Correct. and then you put Texas barbecue. I mean, <laughs> right. here that, in Texas, yeah, we're, in Texas, we're, no... we're really proud of our barbecue and we mm-hmm. eat the hell out of it. I mean, those two things, it's up my alley. Like, what's, uh, can, can you give us some, some insight on that? Sure. So, so when, when I opened the first restaurant in, in 2010, it had some barbecue elements to it, um, but not really. It was more burgers and sandwiches and a little bit of barbecue. It was just a simply way for me to stand out. I was kind of using that terminology some way or another mm-hmm. back then to promote the restaurant, to, to, to give a description. So it was taking the advantage of using my name from radio, and trying to bleed that turnip dry mm-hmm. to get people in the restaurant. Um, and also mm-hmm. using that terminology to, to describe what it is. Cause you got to tell people what it is. Mm-hmm. You got to tell people what your restaurant is. Um, and that's all it was. It was a rebellious approach to Texas barbecue. So it, it tells you all you need to know it's Texas barbecue, but with a twist or it's artisan or whatever bullshit word we came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, that really didn't take fruition until the, the, the smokehouse concept in 14. But all that is is, is painting a picture. Uh, it would be like saying, uh, you know, we're a, 
uh, if y'all were like a you know a ska band but with uh, country influences. Uh, that's yeah. it. That's all it is. <laughs> it's just trying to give some type of descriptor mm-hmm. that somebody doesn't know what it is. So um, that band sounds horrible, by the way. True. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so John, John, what do you got pulled up here? Have you have you Amazoned your uh, your stuff lately? Oh, uh, here, right behind you. Here, it has great all five great reviews, dude. I don't think I haven't. He was yeah. scrolling, and it's just like I just five, like I just like how, I just like how Chuck just another. talks about it so nonchalant. You know? I'm all salivating over here. I'm like reading like what, like chicken fried bacon. What the I'm, chicken hey. fried bacon was one of our things. That was a way I've of doing things. I've different. never had that, had that. chicken fried and, bacon. And then the burgers and the sandwiches all had fun or unique names and that was the point too was it was a lesson i learned from radio how do you make people remember things how do you how do you Mm -hmm. give them something to remember whatever so coming up with these burger names or the sandwich names or whatever it was in there i don't remember all the recipes because i wrote a second book i haven't put out yet but so i don't remember what's all and what which one but the point is is to give them names that they're going to remember like our 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 hot burger that had the our creeping death barbecue sauce, jalapenos, and some. I would try that just yeah. because of the name. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Point proven. There you go. That's that's the whole thing. That's a, that's, that's, that's a challenge right there. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. So creeping had, death. Okay. So, so, jalapeno cheese, creeping death, jalapenos, whatever. Cool. But the burger was called the Cowboy Burger from Hell. Oh yes, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's familiar, it's spicy, but, mm-hmm. but it it was spicy. Mm. Um, the burger that had the chicken fried bacon on it and a fried egg was called the Selma Speed Trap. Mm. <laughs> nice. I'm, about to, I'm about to eat you because right now. if you if you live in this part of the world, you know that Selma mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. speed trap. Speed trap. Yep. And, yep. and we sure were right is. by I live, Selma. I live right yeah. there. I live in Universal City. Okay, we were we were we were in shirts. This is the first restaurant, gotcha. so we were right there next to Selma. Cops fucking hated that name. Uh. They come in the restaurant. They just give me the evil eye. <laughs> what, you, all five of them? You, you, you were in Texas Monthly Magazine in an expose in the 70s. They named y'all Speed Trap, not me. Not me. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, back off, man. But the point of it was to come up with, you know, sandwiches or names or things that people would remember mm. and, and come back for because you go to you go to Macaroni Grill. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, want the, I want the pasta with the tomato sauce. You're not remembering that. We got six pastas with tomato sauce, lady. <laughs> Which one, man? Which pasta with tomato sauce do you want? So I so. had to come up with something to be unique and stand out because we were a mom and pop. We were a first-time restaurant. You're doing anything you can, like a young band. You're doing anything you can to stand out and go, hey, look at me. And you're also doing anything you can entirely by yourself. Correct. Like which, a young band. Which leads to a divorce. And I, I don't mean that badly, but technically, yeah, there's there's repercussions. There's 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 fallout. Yeah. But yes. So touching on that, uh um names to remember. I'm a KM out there in Selma at the Pluckers. Uh so we got the Cheech and Chong burger, right? We got the right. boring burger, just lettuce, onions and cheese. Yep. Uh my son loves that one. The the gut grenade, right? Yeah. Um where I work, we have a crybaby burger. That's the veggie burger. <laughs> nice. Makes sense. That's cool. <laughs> you need the Karen. Or hey, like some veggie Karen. burgers are fire, dude. Okay. Yeah, it's still called the crybaby burger, though. That's hilarious. I love it. I no, dude, no, right this now. one review right here, Kathy Grimsard. What? 
can't wait to try some of these recipes. She's just sitting there reading it like, oh my. Well, well, here oh you go. God. Here you go. She's reading it like a romance <laughs> novel. Exactly, fabulous. Right? <laughs> I see a lot of stars up there, Chuck. I see a lot of stars. Fa- fa- fabulous food. Easy. Here, look. Uh, I love. I love these pictures anything. here. She's just I, straight up. Oh my hold on, god. Hold on. Here, look. I love the bark on this brisket, but then they <sighs> totally butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that, that, they the cut home, it with their toenails. The home, the home pictures. I don't understand why Amazon does that because it's, it's not very. No, no, no. It's not, are, it, Amazon, I mean, that, Amazon, that's they a don't care when you upload beautiful. a photo to Amazon. People are just like snap and then post. They don't like okay, beautiful, curated, beautiful, yeah. or smoke like take the time to post something yes, worthy. Yes, I look at the good, photos of, of some products. Like in there. Yeah, so, great, great, trash. great smoke ring, beautiful bark, but. Didn't. Yeah, see, that's not our food. That, that's I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stand by that. I just love like yeah. someone's just reading it. Like I'm gonna post a review right now. I haven't even tried anything, yeah, see, but it's amazing. None of that. I don't know, man. I, I'm envisioning, uh, uh, you know, Chuck Stanley rambling souls rock and roll cook off or something, uh, man. And we're gonna have yo, to put the oh man, I make a mean with the, chili with the foursome scramble with the foursome scramble. The foursome scramble. I'm, I'm, you know, I ain't no stranger to the kitchen. So Chuck, you still um, you cook no a lot. Strangers you still cook a lot. I, I still cook a little bit. Um, um, I was doing a year ago. I started to do a YouTube series okay. um, that I did about six episodes on, and then I had some more health bullshit, and mm-hmm. I haven't got back into it yet. But uh, uh, yeah, I still cook. Was that I fun? Did you like that doing like the the YouTube? Because I, I mean, yeah, because it was, was just fun. me, myself, and I. Yeah, just and I, I make it and then I edit it and okay. and editing the video, putting it up on YouTube. Yeah, like I said there's six pictures of me. There's six videos up there, and it was about a hundred pounds ago too. Um, Did you get back, are you gonna get back into it, or I would like to. I just haven't found the motivation yet. Um, because I'm in a rut. I'm in a creative rut because I, I I just I can't focus. Do you want me to go over and cook you some cereal? Or, uh, <laughs> I can't have cereal. Well, well to that extent, to <laughs> that extent, want me to cook me some cereal. Yeah. <laughs> having, having shed some light, of course, you know, on, on the cooking aspect of things. Mm-hmm. So, the photography, man, mm-hmm. what, what's going on mm-hmm. with that? Like, mm-hmm. where did that spark the interest? And you know, because I mean, dating back now, I, I know. And if anybody searches, of course, your name and looks into it, I mean, you see some stuff like yeah. dating way back when of having captured obviously some really really great moments in, in rock and roll history. And moving forward, you know, still collectively doing so. Uh, where do you stand on that, man? So, uh, real, real quick, since Gabe's sure. mentioning that, go to thisischuckstanley.com and you can see exactly what we're talking about right mm-hmm. now. But please, Chuck. I'm, yeah. I'm good. So, so the, the photography really took off because of the cookbook, or actually from the restaurants themselves. So, social media became integral for restaurant. So, I started taking pictures of the food for the restaurant social media. And I had a, um, a little DSLR. That's not even a DSLR. It's a point-and-shoot camera. Same picture I was taking these close-up micro uh, pictures of the food. I was also using them to take pictures of the moon. Um, so I started taking pictures of the food. I needed it for social media. And that was fun. It was fun to edit. Um, take the picture, do all the different types of editing, all that fun stuff. It's kind of like the stuff I used to do in radio, too. It's behind-the-scenes stuff. Editing. It was fun. Then it was a creative outlet. Oh, photography. My dad had some photography equipment. He said, play with this because I needed some outlets. I was not doing well mentally and physically in the, in the second restaurant. I needed outlets. Everybody was trying to save me. So that you need an outlet. So um, I started just shooting more and more. And I went to, they're not local, one of the sort of local guys, but uh, uh, Sean Nations, 
Oh uh, yeah, man. Okay, Sean. Awesome so front man. One of Sean's cover bands with with Donnie Van Stavern. Yeah. And Roman Sermon, Roman Sermon, Wednesday thirteen. Roman. Roman. Always confused. Um, and it was Jason West. And they were doing a cover band. It's like I don't think they've ever played but one or two shows. Anyway, I went out there just for shits and giggles to get out of the house. Uh, again, people were trying to kick me out of the restaurant. You need to find something to do. I went to see them play, and I took some pictures with the point and shoot. And they were terrible pictures. But the idea of capturing music, it got me sparked into liking music again. Because I'd been in it for so long, you kind of get right. you got burnt worn out. out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got burnt out. Yeah. Uh, God forbid I have to, have to listen to Marcy's Playground and Days of the New again. Oh, <laughs> Never Thank again you. in my life Thank you. do I have to. It's so funny because you're talking about this new spark, and I'm like... No, I finally found the reason. Yeah, no, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that. Uh, Thank you. That crackhead needs to just go away. Um, <sighs> but so so I started doing that, and then and then I got a real camera um, because I don't do anything at half speed. I just went full bore into it, you know, just, just throw yourself down in the pile of Coke. Fuck it, you know, that kind of thing. So I went and got a real camera, real lenses, and started going to play with some of these local bands. And I just went out just for shits and giggles and started doing it. Landscape stuff, portrait stuff, yada, yada. And then when I sold the restaurant and was in the process of trying to fix myself mentally and physically, it was another outlet besides the, 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 the cookbook to go out there and do something creative. And because I had these connections in the music business, I just reached out. So within, you know, five months of closing the restaurant, I was shooting Metallica in Las Vegas. You know, and I realized, you know, these are special privileges, but, you know, it's, you know, I just had them. So I was, I was using them. Yeah. So I started doing national bands for an outlet in, I guess they're based out of Austin um, as an agency and, and started doing the local stuff. Long story long, it was just another outlet and it was just something I was good at. So I, I knew how to capture moments Oh yeah, that's that's one Jeez. of the that's the best. Oh, look at that! There's, wow, there's who has that picture? <laughs> exactly, so, Chuck. Dude, that I, a point I, shoot, if bro? I can show you no. my iPad right that's now, that's not no. your little DSLR. <laughs> no, that's not the DSLR. <laughs> that's, that's not a point shoot. No, bro, that's, that's my iPhone. That's my twelve hundred dollar <laughs> lens. <laughs> it, it's if, my I, if I could show you the the notes that I have on my iPad right it's now, my you out. that picture that John just pulled up on the yeah. TV. I literally wrote down capturing the moment. And the feeling. Yeah. So that's something that I've seen that's consistent in all of your photography. Like, you get these moments there. And even when you shot, because it, it was for, I think it was Lin, Linwood's birthday at 502. Oh, oh, my God. That's where he does when that little, play. that spin, you know? And, in in oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, like, when when, cool, when you shot man. the show that, that we played uh-huh. and the pictures that you sent to us, it captured exactly what I was feeling at that moment. Because but I, I see that coming through all, right. of, all of your photography. Like That one's that one's one of my favorites. The, the one to the right. With Kurt? Or? The one of James. I've actually done a better to the down one. No, down one. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, oh, look at that. I mean, he's like me, like, like every, girl. Like, it almost looks like animated in the fact you can right. see like all the, the no, curves I've, in his face. I've yeah, done I mean, a you, re-edit yeah, of that yeah, since yeah. then, and you can see it even better. Uh but it's so good picture. because it's so natural. But like, but to answer your question, the so reason I can amazing. know that is because it goes back to just before radio. I know music. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I know when each and one of you, doesn't matter what instrument y'all play, I know when each and every one of you are going to do what you're going to do. That anticipation. 
I know it. I, yeah. You, you, everybody knows it. Everybody yeah, yeah. that likes music knows it. So you I know, know when the, the singer is going to be. I know when the singer is going to do that. I know when the guitar player is going to do it. I know when the drum, you just know it. So it's like a musician's intuition with yeah. the photographer's eye. Yes. So you know what's yeah. going to happen. And that, that picture is specifically of James, uh, just screaming just a second ago, not the tongue one, but the other one. The tongue one was just that one caught it. But that one, you know that he's doing, it's only the first three songs. So it was the chorus or the uh, verse something. I don't know. I'm not the musician in the world. I'm just the fan. But it was either the verse or the chorus, something where you knew he was about to go off. the projection yeah. was coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy snap, how, snap, snap. like, when capturing yeah. that moment, you know, you're going over the three decades of, like, all the struggle, you know, the the the, the hard times, the lows, the you know, the ups, the downs, all that. And it's just so crazy how they say, you know, mm-hmm. a picture's worth, you know, mm-hmm. that many words, man. And that's just so really, that's really, really cool. And, and I don't think you have to be... You know, a photographer, a musician, to appreciate that. that. And that is just, you know, everything in, you know, in one. That's awesome. Chuck, what are you using? What is that? The camera. That camera was the the 12, probably ended up being about $1,200 lens. We were not, when I got noticed that we were shooting that, um, uh, uh, I got noticed I was shooting. I was going to Vegas anyway because I love to live there. And I was going, and the the, the, the the assignment editor and some other people, I called up and said, I'm going to be there. Get me access, and I'll get you the pictures. And, I, you know, I realized I have special privileges, so I got there. Anyway, God, we, we were shooting at the soundboard, not up close, in the pit. And I was like, fuck, I don't have mm. a lens. So I ordered one off Amazon. It's a 70 to 200 2.8 prime. So it was a, it was a $1,100, $1,200 lens. Um uh, and that's all I could afford was the 200 millimeter. I should have probably had a 400 millimeter for that, being at the soundboard. So we were at the soundboard, and those why those shots are all kind of back a little bit, mm-hmm. not up close like at some of the clubs I can get. Like, look uh, at that, man. That that that's golly. That was, could have fooled me. That was that's probably at 200 millimeters. I mean, and that's probably cropped, and that's some editing. So anything I can do to polish it, yeah. you don't, you don't need to know the hard part of it you just need to know that that's a good picture or not a good it exists picture. Yeah. At, yeah. at that sort of distance are you using like a a unipod or tripod or anything no i didn't know too now i was there and i saw the other guys who'd been doing it longer and because they were at the soundboard they did have a unipod and then they had something to step on mm. i just really had to rely on me being six foot three at the time <laughs> <laughs> and i got lucky that i shot through and that's why the pictures of let's say like james where the tongue one you're in some of these other ones. You're seeing the crowd. Yeah, you're seeing yeah. me shoot through the crowd a little bit. No, yeah. that kind of makes but it that, honestly that, yeah, better. That, that's a I think it makes like, it better. That's honestly. really cool. That makes yeah. it feel like you're you in see, the crowd. See all, like, see all the you horns got, right there. The horns yeah. but, well, see, but, like with elements of composition, you have your repetition, you have your center of interest, your 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 rule of thirds, everything. It's like perfectly framed. But the other one, well, that's perfectly framed, probably in post production. But 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 the other guys, because uh, they were stepping on stools and had unipods, which I now have in my arsenal. I, I can do that. Like uh, the the Mark Anthony show was like that, um, up in Austin, Cedar whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. They're one of the H E B places. Cedar Park. It's like yeah, that's H- where the where the Spurs play, right? It's like H-E-B yeah, H E B Center. H E B Center. Park. It's like their Freeman Coliseum yeah. up there. Yeah. Um, Here we go. Monopod. Uh, yeah, Mark Anthony. So that's a that's a monopod uh, from way back. That's why these pictures here uh, are like that uh, because they're from the soundboard. And I'm up on a, um, 
I'm up on my, you're not going to get those tight shots from back there. That was way far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's uh, an awesome the, picture. Oh my God. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, the dark side right of the there. moon <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> we'll make sure to post like some of these and tag you and everything. Is that and yeah, Chuck, right if that's cool with you, we're going to throw, throw some, some of your stuff on Instagram. Oh, yeah, sure. and, and, you know, Just so everybody can, because you know, that way sure. they can see what we're talking about right this now. This is amazing. Right? Exactly. Everybody's Dexter, listening like, like this, uh, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is, that's this that's is how so I feel awesome. like, if you, like on this site, on this front row center site or wherever you found, you can find the ministry one. The ministry one's one of my prouder ones because – Al uh, was literally right in front of me because this is at the Aztec, and they don't have much of a pit. So he's, I'm tall, he's short. I mean, we were eye to eye. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's that picture, that very, very bottom one. Um, that very, very bottom one, yeah. I mean, He's oh, wow. oh, whoa, dude. That's, that's awesome. That's so cool. I can just see like some wicked like 3D image of him like coming out to like just like. We're right here. I mean, he's just strangle close. you. Look at that. that that's that's just, intense. Yeah. yeah. We're right there. So scared to answer the question four hours ago. It's just <laughs> it's just knowing the music, whether it's music I know or not, but it's knowing music in general uh, when whatever position you're trying to capture is going to do the thing, man. And, and, and you know that uh, uh, the guitarists are going to do what they're going to do when they're going to do it. You kind of almost got to be like a step or two ahead. Yeah, and you're only there for two or three songs. Right. Uh, so you know. Yeah, usually they cut it off after like the first two. Chuck, you got to make it happen. Chuck, you took these photos? Yeah, yeah. Chuck, I'm, yeah. Dude. what does it say right here? I don't know what that says. <laughs> I got to put on my reading glasses because I'm almost 48. <laughs> That's insane. I, I love I this know. shot where yeah, he's ho- maybe so Gabe and Hov and Austin, y'all can help me out with, with that guitar. He's holding it right. And then this next one, it's in the, it's in the background there. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, cool. Great shot there. We had three. And there's, like I said, my website, uh, the portfolio page, the concert page has a lot more of the you know, the, the portfolio shots, you know, the yeah, ones that are supposed to be the, what's the name of that website? That's, this is Chuck Stanley.com. This is Chuck Stanley. And, uh, and that was, that the website was because of, that was my rock report intro. God, so cool. And that's, that's how people remember me. Such an eye. So that's it. That it's, it's just knowing what, Man, what, that's what people want to see. Um, because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It don't matter if this is classical music, country music, Reggae, I don't metal. Yeah. No, it's that's it's really honestly amazing. Again, for those, I mean, everybody's listening to this, and we're all talking about how awesome these shots look. Yeah. But we'll make sure to post these uh, along with the mm-hmm. with the episode and everything, so everybody can check it out. And yeah, really you can like, also go like we said to his uh, website. This yeah, is chuckstanley.com. Yeah, he just plugged that. So I've done for some sure. Look at them. all of it, man. There's there's so many. It's all is that the Reverend right really there? Cool. Uh, so we got a that a, was the Reverend, but I didn't shoot that. I only wrote the review um a gentleman named stan martin shot that show stan's a fantastic concert photographer based out of austin i love this one uh pat green one pat, of my pat green i did up good PCL. good a uh, good friend of my uncle's uh so that the the stage guy i was the only photographer for that show the stage guy comes up to me and goes don't make him look fat <laughs> that's, that's what, what my future stage guy is going to say because <laughs> you know pat's put on a few pounds in this years and that's hey we've all done it but i was the only photographer down there and he comes up 
and it just all says action don't shots. make them look all fat. Action don't make them look fat. I think that's gonna be my line for every every show that we have. Like, right. don't make me look fat. So <laughs> that should be on a headstone. <laughs> Yours or his? I'm not sure. But Probably mine. Don't, don't make him look really fat. Really his grass is a little lumpy. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've I've had I've had many of uh, managers uh, even during the ra- you know what what questions you can ask what things you can't you know it, it's just part of it. So I laugh it off and they tell me don't make them look f- whatever fine. Well, you know, especially mm-hmm. now, like after the pandemic, everybody always says like. You know, I, I tell people, like, oh, man, I've been going back to the gym, you know, trying to get back in shape. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the pandemic was rough on me, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fat piece let's, of shit for the last how, five yeah, years before that. Let's see how long that. we can write this. But, like, yeah, no, it was definitely because of the pandemic. That's when I started getting fat. Like, Speaking of, I love that venue, by the way. At the A-P-S- W, the A-P-S- new ACL. Yes. I love that venue. The oh. first show that I saw there was one of, like, the very almost first shows, really, that was there. And it was a... Uh, SCP and uh, oh man, seeing Scott there, and I think I was actually there with uh, our singer Dexter Haskins' father. Uh, I think were you I was there? there. You were there too. Yeah. Okay, because I remember talking to there, him about yeah. that. He's we're only got room about... enough in his heart for one Dex. We're just talking about all kinds of STP today. Yeah. Let's talk about I, no, yeah, show last time. STDs or what? STP. <laughs> oh no! But I, I love that place. You know. It's a fantastic venue. I've actually had a chance to, to take a walk over um, at the studio that they usually used to have it over mm-hmm. on on campus, and it was just like a like a little you know tour. But uh, that was you know of course where I got to see you know where, where Stevie Grace's stage and all the other greats. Is that the Moody Theater? The Moody Theater, yeah. the, the all black, oh, okay. the, w. the all black room. Yeah, yeah that yeah. place is awesome. I love it. Dude. I saw I Ryan Adams it. there. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, the, the Ryan Adams. I actually the lost. Ryan I lost Adams. my shirt boy, at that Adams? concert. At the SDP show, yes, and yeah, he walked was, out in nothing but a loincloth. Yeah, I'm surprised like I didn't get arrested or anything. Dude, male titties aren't illegal. Hell, over in Austin, neither are female titties. Yes. <laughs> I'm about to say, does well, it matter? Not anymore. Not, not Austin. No. All right. Well, so we're on the we're uh, on uh, SDP cover for Rio here. Let's uh, let's transition a little bit because we yeah. Keep so it moving. you guys want to do the uh, the what are we listening to? Yeah, I know this isn't here? on the order of what you wrote it, but we're talking about STP and Hobbs pick was actually yeah, dude, fucking take STP, it away. So. Yeah, so my pick was actually a Stone Temple Pilot song. It's the first song on their first record, uh, "Dead and Bloated." I think I um, think everybody would know this one. It's a it's yeah. a killer fucking song. Um, yeah, this song. Give me a little bit of that, Aaron. Yeah, give us some of that. We gotta be careful so we don't get flagged. No, turn it down for a second so we have time to play the yeah. riff. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll fade it in a minute. So, right, why is your pick? Now, 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 hold on. Bring it in. Bring now. it in. Bring it in. Oh, so heavy. Is that not Love the it. coolest fucking riff like Bro, you've ever heard I, in your I life? Feel like, like, it's like what this is what made STP STP. Like, dude, you know, I mean, first song, first record. Yeah, it's like it's it just it just kicks you in the teeth. Were. Like, and boom, the, this band rocks. Um, First time I heard that song, I immediately fell in love. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just the sickest, hardest thing I had ever heard. The drums are compressed to the point where they are also sound like they're running through a distortion pedal. Like, the whole thing is just yeah. rocking so hard. It's a larger-than-life kind of a production job. Yeah, there. the production's fantastic. Um, I, gotta- I will say that from the very first song of the very first record, you already see the nihilism, etc. In Scott Weiland's lyrics, the bleakness of his outlook, you can already see it 
I'm smelling like a rose that mm-hmm. somebody left me on my birthday That's deathbed. huge, dude. That's the first lyric recorded in their history. Ah. You know what I mean? But not nice. looking at it through the lens of history and just looking at it as like, put this on and just wait for that. Bah, da, da, da. Through, through that, oh, my through that, God. Through that bullhorn. Oh, you know, my God. It, yeah. And, and then like, seeing them play it yeah, live, live. Like even opening a show that same way. No house lights, bullhorn. Boom, boom with the house lights mm-hmm. on the snare drum. And then, uh, uh, like, that song, oh, my God. Like, that started, like, Stone Temple Pilots, you know, they never get the credit. They were always the follower band, like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, whatever. But I really love their entire catalog. They're one of my favorite bands And like like And like Chuck mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, he, he was, like, saying, like, the progression of the band. And how things, in fact, change, you know, as, like, listening to them do Tiny Music and through Four and so on and so forth. You know, that, that that's just really cool. That's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. And every time that I'd seen SDP with Scott Weiland live, they always opened up with Cracker Man, though. But really? I just, damn, dude, great I band. Would, I would say Purple is my favorite all-around record of theirs, but I just will never not love this song. Right on. So, yeah. Chuck, you look like you got something to say over here on this. No, I, I when that when that album came out, I was still buying CDs at a store in Houston, a famous Houston record store called The Record Wreck. And on all their CDs because as a way to tell people what they sounded like, they put a little label on them. Like, you know, the little label gun we all have. We're fans yeah. of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So on my, on my core CD, which I still have at the house, it says sounds like Pearl jam and Jane's addiction. And that was just a way for the store to communicate, you know, and I, there was, their whole store was like that. Right. But I have that CD with those two and it's, so awesome, and and you and you, cool. and you would say that you, you would, would at that time in nineteen ninety three. That album came out in ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. You would say that. Yeah, sounds way like way too cool. Anyway, man. that that's it. Way yeah. too. Cool. I don't. I don't. I don't have many nice things to say about Wyland. There was not. No, I don't think anybody yeah. does. My my interactions throughout the years were just yeah, whatever. Yeah. But 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 I'm not here to. I, I imagine it's the same with Art Alexakis, but we won't get into that. Art? Art? No, I don't have any issues I had with a really, really good experience with him this past time I've, over yeah. at SeaWorld San Antonio. Really? Thank you very really? much. Really? Yeah. Art, Art I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard horrible things about him. I personally did not have a good experience with him. The rest hmm. of the band was super cool, though. I actually met Maybe Craig I got him Montoya, on a bad day. the bass player, Maybe in 96 over day. at Sunken Gardens. I think we kind of talked about that briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things. But, okay. yeah. Anyways. So I think, Gabe, uh, you're up next, right? Yeah, man. So um, I think this is something that kind of gravitate towards Austin, our drummer. <laughs> this pick tripped me out. Yeah, this band is amazing. It's called Fear Nutton Band. And uh, Chuck and maybe some of you guys are familiar with this, but we used to have the Bob Marley Fest over at Sunken Gardens. Mm-hmm. Then it turned into the World Music Fest. Um, a good buddy of mine from the Baytown area outside of Houston, Inoc, who's a Rastafari, was the one in which we took a trip out to um, that I mentioned to you earlier about uh, Bonnaroo in 2005. And uh, we went out and, you know, we checked out, like we were talking about the Black Crows and um, saw some other great, great acts. Uh, the Mars Volta did this awesome homage to uh, um, Revenge of the Nerds. They came out in like these jumpsuits with these like synthesizer nice. things and had this mm-hmm. little awesome intro. Anyways, uh, Fear Nuts and Band, I caught them at the World Music Fest in Dallas. Uh, 2004, I want to say it was. And, uh, dude, these guys totally blew me away. I saw, like, Mesa 
guitar amp stacks coming out and like they were just rolled on to this huge old like production and everybody else was using like the very whalers kind of you know uh way of music uh bob barley and the whalers where it was like you know fender clean amps and it was just very like um you know just reggae kind of approach and it was nothing with like huge on full-on sound and if you hear the guitars it's really booming and then you got these guys that come out and are just these enthusiastic frontmen that just gravitate towards the fans and feed off the energy. And it was just amazing. But anyways, the name of the song is called Done the Place. And uh, it's, it's like spelled D-U-N. Yeah, man. And it, it's just like this huge on like wall of sound that you're hearing, man. And it's, I mean, it, it caught me by wind. And I was just like, holy cow. And I remember buying their CD then and there. And uh, still to this day, I put it on, man, whether if I'm at work and or if I'm working out or just whatever for that matter. And I want to, fuck, you know, wild hair up my ass. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put this on. I'm going to turn it to 11, you know, and it's a great song. These guys struck me kind of the same way that back, uh, what was it, late 90s, early 2000s when Puya came out. Mm. It was like Brazilian, like metal, well, hard rock. Um, this is like reggae, hard rock. It, it's yeah. the same kind of blend, but well done and it's what's kind of cool you still about hear it, all the cultural side of it you know you got but the it's, cultural it's side of it with the mix of like the new metal mm-hmm. yeah you know because at that time frame when it came out sepultura was, used to do that right uh, there was a living one, color even did that, that a lot it's heavy there was right. a, a uh, one hit wonder uh, i think they were from england uh skindred oh yeah yeah that name sounds so, that name so sounds familiar so yeah familiar. it was one hit wonder what song was it though babylon Okay. And we played it at it the radio Kiss. station. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's it was, you know the name. But it was that metal meets reggae. That was it. It was just a novelty. Kind of like the Puglia. And we played that one song for, I think, a couple songs. Uh, I think I want to say it was Puerto Rican. I don't remember. Oh, might have been Brazilian, but it was, it was that when well, we're trying to branch out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. What was the name of the song that you guys used to play? Skindred. Uh Babylon, I believe. Babylon. I'd, if you if you found it and played a few first few uh, notes from it, I would tell you if that's right or not. Yeah, I'll find that. I don't. Right I don't know. The one thing that struck out to me the most about that particular band and that song especially was, God, I love bands that sound like the recordings. You know, and it's hard to capture right. that intensity in a recording. And then when you hear it and it's like played back to you live and you're feeding off the crowd and any and everything around it. Oh, dude, it's just such a great experience, man. You know, and that for me was just like, holy, holy shit, I'm going to really do that. And then again, you know, I, I kind of go, I, I, I dig into the archives a little bit and because I do listen occasionally to the radio, oh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I do dig back deep into stuff like this, particularly just to kind of get me, you know, motivated in the sense to you know discover something new you know and, and try to hearing different bands that are something similar to it because it's out there you just gotta look man mm-hmm. so you know? I, I found Babylon I know this from somewhere but it's like there's, I don't know if chorus. this is the same thing I'm thinking of let me skip ahead to the try and find that chorus here See the resemblance. Yeah, I it see what sounds, you, I see what you're talking it about. It sounds like right. more melodic corn, which I honestly prefer it. Right. I, I don't like know. It. It, it, it was it <laughs> I was like it. one hit. I don't I think I might have it in my collection. I don't know. 
Yeah. It's, you How know. many CDs do you have, Chuck? Uh, ridiculous amounts. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous <laughs> amounts. And there are probably a lot of one-hit wonder bands, a lot of this and that. Uh, yeah, we had a ton. I have an in utero like- Nirvana CD that was a promotional purpose only, and it's mm-hmm. stamped. And that was supposed to have gone out to radio yeah, and, yeah. and whoever else. Tons of those. So you pro- it, it's you the, probably it's bought the, it at half price books or something. Right? No, they actually, sell a lot I, of that I, shit. I, I got it from a friend. Oh, really? I, well, my my oldest brother got it from a friend uh, who was actually a promoter in music, mm. and um, it was in like one of those you know binders that had sleeves of different albums and stuff. And a lot of them that were like uh, the actual white stickers on the front that were just used for yeah. promotional purposes in general. Yeah, but right. then when I saw that one, that was the actual pink, you know, cover of the girl who's sitting down uh, like, you know, in, in lingerie and she's all like strung out. And then on the, it's got a silver stamp lining through it and it says for promotional use only. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my brother being like, if you're ever going to play this, Joe, if you're ever going to play the CD, you let me know. Because, again, if you'd scratch these things and they didn't work and they would skip and all that, it was the end of the world, you know? Because, again, I didn't have a job then. I was 10, right. 11 years old, right. and I still have that CD. I have a promo-only replacements vinyl. Nice. Yeah, I don't have no idea where it came from, but I have it. <laughs> but it's mine. I don't know if it works, but I have it. That's cool, man. So that brings us. Who's next? I Who's think next? Austin. Let's go, let's Austonian. go for you. Me, me for it? Or me next? Mm-hmm. Me next. All right. Yeah, no, man. I uh, I threw in one of these uh, a little bit in spite because I missed last week and everybody was dogging on my good old uh, Christian rock bands, man. They're not even Christian rock bands. It's just rock bands that Christian schools would let you listen to. Surprised you didn't put Switchfoot. No, it's it's a joke because I mean, so I'm, no parental advisory sticker. I am I'm in no way like a Christian in today's sense, but uh, I did grow up in a Christian school, and so there was a limited um, amount of music that we could publicly listen to in that school. Now, I was also the kid with the little. Uh, well, okay, so I mean, you guys will blame me for being young because I was in elementary school but I had the first iPod shuffle that was just like a thumb drive in elementary uh, school yes fuck you um, I was like fifth grade fourth grade fifth grade whatever and um, I was all proud that I had a CD player that wouldn't skip for 10 seconds although most of what I had was CD <laughs> but I had a walk that, that I feature. couldn't even I had, I had one of those I couldn't even turn button. it on its side but no so I had I had the little it was the iPod shuffle that it just looked like a thumb drive it didn't have a screen or anything like that it was just a little white like a it just had, it, it looks just like a remote the, yeah it was yeah, just it the, looked like an Apple TV remote yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. it kind of looks like a vape pen like. honestly yeah. it's just like got a little button on yeah. it yeah, yeah, it just had the play and then the fast forward pause, whatever. Mm-hmm. It had like 50 anyway, songs so or some shit. Like that. What was great about it is it had no screen, so you know they couldn't. They see. didn't know what you were listening. I memorized to. though the the order of all the songs, <laughs> the like yeah. 150 songs that were on there. So you so know if you push it 16 times, I would kind of integrate, and that's still would, the playlist yeah, that he plays on his cover gigs. And the <laughs> it's still the K. cover gig <laughs> playlist that he. Made. I'd put it in between the Green Day and the Weezer and. Can, can we, little John. can we hear this song so I yeah, can make so sure it's got it, I got it right here. Okay. Of, no. It's the one that goes like... It goes like this. Playing the acoustic version? Is that it? Do you want the That's other the one? the acoustic version. What, what is that? I don't know. That's what oh, I I'm found. thinking of a totally different song. Okay, I'll pull up the right one. Because there, there was two different songs. I've never heard yeah, of Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking before. of a totally different song. So, for anyway, for those of us who were oppressed and couldn't listen to Green Day publicly... 
Um, whenever I, you know, was at school, I would listen to the closest pop punk band that I could listen to, which was Relying K. And they've got some really kick-ass pop punk hits, yeah, man. They, they were cool. Uh, they weren't like a Christian band. It was just because their members, like some of them came out as Christian and they were clean. That's why they were able to sell them at, there was this one store in the mall near us that was like a Christian rock Claire's? No. <laughs> no, it was it was Ooh, fucking uh, limited too. Right? Yes. <laughs> Not topic. That was it. That was it. No. Yeah, I think I think I have the right one. Let me no, see. No, it was Hot topic. Uh, I like how Aaron laughed at that one cuz he knows about Claire's cuz of his daughters. Hey, dude, I'm a I'm a daddy da- or daddy of daughters, so, you know. You got your ears pierced there. I remember. This is the one right, Allison? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is it. It's a good no, song. I love the. It's a I love good the song. Riff. Well, you're kind of on this pop punk kick now because of the MGK thing. I think, I think uh, you're remembering that that shit exists. No, I mean, I've dude. I grew up in Escondido, California, which the studio where Blink One Eighty Two cut the demo that got them signed. Yeah, they recorded it in the studio two doors down from my dad's guitar shop. Yeah. By, by the way, I'm not hating. I like, still. I still again, love like all that I was too, raised so. on that shit. Like that's I grew up in Southern California in the early 2000s oh, well, when pop punk was king. Chuck's like, golly. Me and like, dude, how long is this fucking podcast? So no, I love pop punk, and that's always been something that I've been around. What do you What do you think of pop punk? Yeah, I wanted to ask him that. Yeah, how did you feel about the pop punk? It wasn't part of our. Part of our uh, circle of things at the radio station at the time, and and since I was a diehard, you know, purveyor of a uh, pusher of a uh, of, of our music, pop punk was the antithesis of what we were doing. So you never. But, but what you are guys, these pussies? But you guys played Green Day. You played the Offspring a lot. You played well, a lot a, of Offspring. That's, 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 that's not. That's not pop. Punk. To me, but that, that was alternative but, at the time. But but I'm sorry, Green Day and Offspring are both pop punk yes. bands. No, not not not, not like back then. as much as like. No, or nope. Blink One Eighty Two, or like you how know, how like, do you explain them back then? Though I'd say I mean, definitely, like, I'm interested in that. Well, back then, they were just considered like alternative punk. There right. was it wasn't it wasn't the fan the band to make fun of yet, mm-hmm. right? That so, wasn't so that that wasn't pop punk. It was just in the nineties that was just a new form of punk. That's so it. even though in the nineties it was pop punk because it was just like popular descendants, et cetera, et cetera, right. it didn't really become pop punk until no. there were new bands several years later that sounded like Green Day. Mm-hmm. Or until Offspring. they started wearing eyeliner. And oh, then what? and then it was just that whole wave of like oh, all time low and and, Not and, back in the well, I think it was boys like all girls time. and God knows everybody else. It probably like, started back with like Blink to be honest. Blink one is that SoCal sound came through. Yeah because and that's what I'm talking about. Where are you? And that's where and that's where I kind of lost interest in that because it was like, well at least before the songs were about like doing drugs and like you know getting fucked up. Like why'd she break up? And 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 hookers and having a shrink and whatever. But now the songs are like about eating burritos and fucking from sombrero have some fucking going, respect going to a rock show well you one, know, one so, of the things i did yeah. fell in love with the girl at the rock show yeah that what, song, what's, dude it's a great song it, uh, it's you know. not a great song dude bro but let chuck talk one no one of the things i did in radio was i did a lot of editing and i had a lot of rapport with with record labels because bands and stuff like that so my only experience with pop punk back then was behind the scenes so a guy and i i want to say it was my buddy Kenny, who's, who was affiliated with Motorhead. Um, but back then it was, he just, he was a freelance guy. Not the point. 
he would send me pop punk bands and have me mix them like a DJ back and forth, but do it digitally to show the bands how they all sounded the <laughs> same. Yeah. And this was, and I was working on behalf of him who was working with the producers and the record companies of trying to get them not to all sound like Blink-182 or Green Day. Now, I don't remember specifically the bands, but I would, he would give me some tracks. He goes, mix them, bounce, basically bounce them back and forth and show me how they all sound alike. That's it. So I did that actually a couple times for some bands, and I couldn't tell you who they were. I don't remember. I didn't give a shit. But but that was one of the things. And in turn, he would, you know, give me interviews and stuff like that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, that was, that was the big, like, but, I, I, I came up in that, in the, the height of that movement, you know, uh, honestly. Uh, but my biggest problem with it has always been that it very quickly established this prototype, this uniform, this whatever. And... Well, it's it didn't it was matter. easy to play, though. Yeah, and <laughs> and honestly, it, the same reason why punk got popular the first time because it was easy to play. The only yeah. thing to me was that like like the the qual the artistic quality had degraded immensely, like between from the Sex Pistols and the Clash to Green Day and the Offspring and Rancid to Blink One Eighty Two and All Time Low. Like the lyrical quality, the everything quality had just dropped to the bottom Half, for I'm, me. Uh... I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. Sorry But when you mentioned those three tiers or whatever, everything got better from, you know, the the abilities to like you said, like to record and all that. Absolutely. Everything it just they could, smooth. Yeah. So they could out. put lipstick on the pig, they could polish exactly. the turd, but the songs still weren't as good. Right. Well, and, and and all that angst yeah. and everything behind it, you know, obviously it just it yeah. wasn't the same. I uh I picked a pop punk band, guys. But this I picked is a, a pop. This is, this is like the, the newer version. This is like yeah. New pop so punk this band, this is a punk. band from Chicago. They're out of Chicago. It's like a five or four, four or five piece uh, band. Um, and I don't know. There is something nostalgic about it. And I always say like rock is evolution, right? Like you're gonna have the bands that are coming back to sound like Lead to that they sound like ACDC, and then you what well, came after that and the. Green Day and then the pop punk in the 2000s. So I don't know. It, it, it sounds like, you know, the 2000s, you know, for me, I was born in 93, but listen to all this. Yeah. So like this, right there. Like this struck me as like if Dashboard was a little bit more angry instead of sad. Yeah. Like, you know, if they, they were just a little bit more like pissed off about it rather than like crying in their pillow. There's just something good that either. feels like, like, like it just, it, like we heard them already. We've no, heard yeah. this song a thousand I, times, I, right? I, I and was, then you hear oh my God, a new Chuck band. is in hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say I was gonna say I'm familiar with Knuckle Puck. I yeah. know who they are. Uh, there are better bands in their genre, contemporaries of theirs. For example, a band called Turnover, who is better yeah. in my opinion than Knuckle Puck. But either way, I've always said this is what happens when you have people today who are like 19, 20 years old, who when they were kids their older brother or, yes. or sister yeah. or whatever it's, listened to Dashboard Confessional my, or watched American Romance. Pie. So, so for <laughs> Thursday, for a lot of <laughs> so this is we are witnessing in real time the continual generational yes. evolution of rock and roll. 
but I don't particularly personally care for it. So I've never heard of Wolfgang Puck <laughs> or Dashboard or any of these other bands. Wolfgang, Wolfgang Puck? Wolfgang Puck? Oh, shit. oh, we're going back to culinary <laughs> okay, school on this so. one. I said, that. I said that for Chuck. So what, what would you classify this genre? So this is this would be their pop punk. It's, it's pop just, punk? Yeah. So it's... Now pop punk. It, it's not in pop a nutshell. punk in the sense of like the original... What they tend to call themselves now is they call themselves emo, they call themselves indie, they call themselves new shoegaze. I would have called indie um, alternative. Like this but, is something that'd be on like alt nation on series. But it's just an indie alternative. Like, Wait, I but see, I now. almost doubt that because like no knock because I am an XM subscriber. But can we please get a song on alt nation that is not? 100% synthesizer. Well, they still play I Miss You from Blink on there. <laughs> Dude, all, all, all the lyrics are Hi, ho, yeah, yeah. Dude, Ladies and the- gentlemen, you just heard our newest single. Hi, ho, ho, yeah. So I'll tell you what. Oh, I thought that was the new MGK song. Okay, so. So their name, yeah, Knuckle Puck, right, comes right. from um, Mighty Ducks. Hucky, the knuckle puck, hucky, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. like they go like this is called the that. knuckle puck. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, no, dude, I used to do the. Uh, I love my dick. <laughs> and and they even weren't old enough to be kids when that movie exactly. came out. Probably they not. saw yeah. that movie when it was yeah, from the like, older yeah. brothers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so right I watched. Quick. So, wait, can I can I can I save this segment for a minute? I gotta put some balls back. Oh, can we do that? Well, what I, say, what I want to say right Bro. quick is we've always done this where we've shared this actual playlist where we've picked a we've had a pick as far as amongst the band. But we've never actually reached out to who we've had as far as a guest. Pick a song. Well, we have twice. Well, not one that I really cared about. <laughs> Wait, let, let's do Chuck's first. Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Let's talk you, about yours. Yeah, you what know, are you listening to? Something that you're listening Chuck? to right now. Mine's completely out of left field for what you probably know me about. But the reason I discovered this band is because I am obsessed with Las Vegas. Oh, I fucking love that city. <clears throat> so it, this song. Uh, um, Fire for You from the band Cannons reminds me of house music they play in casinos. Well, nice. And that's completely out of my mind. It's, it's just, you like house music? No. Like the music in the house. Yeah. But, but, but casinos in Vegas are programmed with beats that are like house music. So it has that same vibe of this band. Mm-hmm. And this is something you would hear in a Vegas casino. And because I've been enjoying music for 48 years, you get tired of some shit. Oh, yeah, man. So Mm -hmm. it's just a left turn to take a left turn. Mm -hmm. And this is is my out-of-left-field band. Well, so what, what what about this band though? Like, are they they around still? Is it, yes. they have a total like old vibe, but like no, they're they're, they're, new. Cause of production. they're, new. they're a current band. They're a current band, only four or five years old. They're just now getting some some love Steam. out there, and they all their music kinds of sounds like this. There's another song called Bad Dreams. Mm. It's a current hit somewhere. I don't know where. Don't care. <laughs> uh, and it's got that seventies. Slow disco yeah. vibe, but it's got the house beats, and it 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 simply reminds me of being inside of a casino. What's this band? So yeah, like the, the the ambient head Bobby kind of shit. Yeah. I, I totally yeah. understand the this Vegas. Is like vibe I you're see people about. walking in slow mo. Just what's this band? Cannons. 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 So I, I just want to say real quick, I'm familiar with this band. I'm familiar with the other song that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Bad Dreams. The song's actually really awesome. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I'm a big, I have a big thing for like an, the 80s synth wave, et cetera, mm-hmm. like aesthetic. Um, and so, yeah, this band's actually like what it's super cool. They're called Cannons. This kind of reminds me of like uh, Empire of the Sun. Mm-hmm. A little of, bit. Do you know them? They had, a, they had a few, a couple hits uh, a few years back. One was uh, Walking on a Dream. Okay. Um, was one of them, but they're very like you watch the music video and it looks like it was filmed in the late '80s of what they thought the future was gonna of what they thought 2020 was gonna look like. Like Tron. Like, like it's what, really, but it's what, really interesting. What but. what Canon sounds like to me is very similar to what the vibe that Chuck get, Chuck gets out of it. He mm-hmm. gets like a casino background music kind of vibe. I get like a not if you actually went to a strip club. But if you saw a strip club in a movie... In a 90s in post, hacker movie. In post-production, <laughs> this would be the music that was on in the background. It wouldn't yeah. be DMX or anything crazy. It would be something You mean it like wouldn't this. be Pour Some Sugar on Me? No. Kind of no, like, I like, kind of like no, did, you ever play, did you ever play GTA Five? Yes. When no, you no, go no. to the strip club? Or like, if I was going to say, turn if you go up, to the casino in GTA Five, <laughs> Turn it up. Or if you no, you go yeah. to your own. It, the songs make me want to beat the shit yeah. out of a hooker on GTA. It's like what it is in the. This is on the radio on in in your car in Grand Theft Auto. This is no, it's it's what plays in your night. I like the vibe though. I love it. I really like the vibe. I wanted to ask Chuck a question because I'm kind of pissed off right now. Because he did start pop punk, dude. No, no, I'm pissed off at my girlfriend because I. I asked her for for uh, advice on what hat I should wear to impress Chuck, uh-huh. and so it was between the Aria Las Vegas cap I have or the backwards camo Texas hat. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, the camo one." And you totally should have gone. I just <laughs> fucking gutter balled that one. <laughs> well, well, because well, so so what? What's your favorite uh, casino to oh, visit? Or, easy. or? Uh, Bellagio. Okay, that's great for because because I'm a high princess. You know, I'm staying yeah. at the fucking Bellagio. That, that's all there is to it. Fucking A. So I don't know if they told you I was just in Vegas last week. And what happened there? Uh, I lost a lot of money. No. Oh, oh, you mean oh, I got... No. No. Uh, well, I got engaged, The good news, too. the good news. I, oh, nice. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love... So, I love, yeah, he lost a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he will lose. <laughs> he lost a lot of money. <laughs> He's going to lose a lot of lots money. of money. No, wait, Austin, we're still waiting for the good news. <laughs> yeah, all the <laughs> Now, I like the Aria. Uh, I, like, I just like the Bellagio. I really do. But I go to certain casinos because of the restaurants. Mm. So, I... Uh, um, I have eating goals. I have photo goals. It's so like the last couple of times I've been out to Vegas, I've been taking trips out of Vegas to like um, Valley of Fire State Park, uh, Red Rocks uh, oh, Red uh, uh, State Park, and I go on shooting adventures. Yeah. Hoover Dam? You've been there? I have yet? not because they don't, I got to find something interesting yeah. to shoot. Yeah. Um, I like Valley of Fire because it's, it's a big uh, brick wall. <laughs> it's it's just it's alien uh, spacescape. Yeah, but for uh, some so reason, they shoot people videos buy pictures of that big brick wall. That's all I'm saying. And then I just because go for gambling. Break, dude. Yeah. I'm all about the gambling when I go to Vegas. I love crap. That and I can. I'm never cut off. I can yeah. always get a drink. I did. <laughs> well, I don't drink anymore. Oh, I did right. good at craps at the you first night, gambling. and then I started losing it all. It was. It was. Yeah. I like. I it like was craps. my first time playing craps though at a real table this this time around. It's I intimidating. Had, it was. It was at first for sure. It is I definitely like. I was drunk one night, and I shook the dice back here, and I think I almost got shot. Yeah. Um, it was. It it's was very. very uh, it was like whoa. It's very ritualistic. Do not bring those dice back. It's very superstitious, <laughs> but it's. 
the best table game, the best. Oh yeah, dude, it the is, camaraderie that's oh there. Like that's when you, get, the, you find a live table, fun. oh, that's the best. Man. It's the most fun in the casino. Uh, you could sure. lose money over there, and like the people that are at the table with you, they're gonna make you feel like you're still having fun. No, yeah, like, that's why I love craps. You guys are celebrating the fact that you're losing every <laughs> single last time. time. Yeah. This last time, choked. all somebody has to say is. You were talking about the eating experiences. I got to eat at a Nobu in the Caesar's. Caesar's. Yeah, I've done that. Was that was an experience like we didn't we had kind of a, a a family experience because somebody that we were there with you know uh-huh. is is in sales that lives there and she knows everybody and so she kind of had the hookup and stuff right. but it was a really cool experience the way they did it like you didn't order you just kind of told them like this is what we don't like. This uh-huh. is what we're allergic to. Yep. This is what we're willing to try. And they just bring out courses. So try this foot. And it's they're just topless. bringing out all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's tons of topics. I think I like this foot. I remember I ordered one of the... How about this dick? One of the 15 courses. <laughs> one of the 15 courses was like yeah. like two little tacos. Yeah. They're 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> when we were on tour and we were in Vegas, I, I personally... Eight fucking Taco Bell and Subway. <laughs> See, that's a, that's so you skip the, you skip the White Castle uh, hey, when you're over there, yeah. and if you're gonna eat Gabe, dirt, you I don't skip think White I Castle. Fucking ate, bro. Gabe, I can't I, remember eating. We had we had a lot of Evan Williams, a lot of Budweiser, and yeah. Gabe, and just Taco tell me you, you didn't get the tuna from Subway. because you could drink at Taco Bell. Tell me they you didn't the, get uh, the tuna. Dude, from I did. Subway. I got the big Baja Blast, the yeah. big white girl. I couldn't tell you exactly what I had there, but. Yeah, I know I just had something from Subway and Taco Bell. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get on to my pick. So, uh, yeah, so mine, went, I, I was torn between two, and they start off very similar. My pick is Perry Mason from Aussie, right, off Osmosis. And the thing is, I noticed, like, the two that, I, that I was struggling with start off the same way with killer keys, and then it just gets, like, balls, and then you have, like, a well-constructed killer guitar solo. And for whatever reason, I picked Perry Mason. I don't think I can really pick between the two. But, I mean, it's just, like, so damn heavy when it comes in. Like, so it starts off with the keys. And if you're familiar with, with Ozzy, he's all about the dramatics. So this is, like, classic Ozzy to me. So my introduction to Zach Wilde was off of this album. And so he's a guy that really shaped my guitar playing down from, like, the exaggerated, like, the really wide vibrato on a pinch harmonic down to like in the solo, like he does those double bends and then like he does those Hendrixy bends, like the unison bends. Yep, yeah, dude, like bends. everything about it. Like, this is one that spoke to me when I picked up a guitar. And, and, and this, I I didn't realize how much I took from, from this is right here. Oh, that's rock so and roll. fucking heavy. So, I gotta like, say. Did you pick this before or after you knew Chuck was coming on? Oh, this was this was before. Because <laughs> this song, like, if I had to choose, like, think of one <laughs> song that that if you turned on Kiss in the '90s, they're playing it. So yeah. Chuck, before, I would be like Perry Mason. Last week, last week's <laughs> episode, I chose a Cody Johnson song, a country guy, Texas country. Okay, it was between like the two that I was mentioning, uh, Mr. Crowley and, and and this one, and. Nothing on you from Cody Johnson. Like right. I, that's where like I was at that week, but I was like, oh, they're both so good. One of them has to make it this time. So, so my Aussie story is is of course he took a tinkle on the wall yeah. many years ago, and I think it was Ozfest '03. I think <clears throat> Ozfest '03 was starting in San Antonio. The tour kicked off in San Antonio, and um, uh, we had the first date. I think it was '03. I don't remember. 
somewhere around. Is there. that the one with Velvet Revolver and Black Sabbath? Or no, was that no that's way too early. Okay, no, that yeah, this that is oh, like oh, this was uh, this was Corn Manson Ozzy. Okay, I don't remember what else. Uh, Might have been Disturbed. Might have been remember. the first time he was like reinstated back to San Antonio. That's where I'm leading to. Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry, no, it's Chuck. Good. Sorry, Chuck. I'm sorry. Damn so spoiler. We're doing the we're doing all the early press stuff, and and at that point, Ozzy wasn't doing press because couldn't fucking understand him anyway. <laughs> so Sharon was doing all the press, and this was a phone interview. Phone interview, yada yada, it goes well, and I mentioned something about, well, why don't we do a press conference at the Alamo? Oh shit! And this, <laughs> I'm talking to Sharon, so I, I'm pushing this because she's the one that's gonna make it happen. She stopped and she goes. That's fucking brilliant. So that press conference, which I think those pictures are on my website. No, they're on the website. They're somewhere. I don't know where they are. Uh, long story long is I was the first person to bring back Ozzy Osbourne to the Alamo after he made Tinkles. Holy Dude, shit. Dude, that's, that's actually like a moment. That's a the moment in so music the, history. So there's a press conference, and there's pictures, and, and there's TV cameras, there's pictures of me. I don't. There, maybe on Facebook. I don't know. But we're just surrounded by TV cameras and surrounded by a crowd of people. And there's me doing a 30 second interview with Ozzy at this point. He was out of his mind. You know, it was just in and out. And uh, that's it. And that what, was it. What year was that? Cool. I think it was summer of '03. Okay. That was his first time back to the Alamo. And his line when we started the press conference outside, it was really informative. Goes. This time, I took a pee inside the Alamo. He went to the bathroom <laughs> instead of pissing on the wall like he did, you know. Uh, and they, three. they try to, like, crucify him and saying that you'll never, ever play San Antonio again in your life. Right. And he said something along the lines, and this can be looked up now on, on you Google this shit or whatever. But he goes, I got news for you, man. I'm never going to die. Or something along those lines. And that's just fucking rock and roll, man. That's the Aussie I know. That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah. the Aussie I've known and grown to love. Wow. So, those pictures are somewhere on social or I got them somewhere. I don't know where they are. But, but yeah, that, but, that's my Aussie story. Oh, I got several, but, but, but it's like, one of them. Imagine, like, that was 03. Now, almost 20 years later. No yeah. TV station would show up for a rock band playing in San Antonio. I feel like if somebody pissed on the Alamo, I, anybody would. Like, I don't know. I think nobody would care except for the people who stand in front of the Cenotaph with their AR-15s all well, day. Like, in 03. I really don't think anybody else would care. In 03, I mean, we, we just call up all the news stations and tell them we're going to be down there, and they all showed up. Because it's Ozzy. Well, it's because yeah. it's Ozzy, and, and we started a good rapport with all the stations. So years later, when... when uh, Jack and Ozzy had that television show. Yeah, traveling one. And they came through. Yeah. And they came through and claimed that this was Ozzy's first time back. I fucking raised a stink. Hell, uh, you Of course, I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm out of the business at this point, so nobody gives two shits. But but the news stations had footage, uh, whether they did anything And they were pretending like it was his first time back? No, no it good. wasn't. It wasn't. No, and wasn't. I got. We just I settled got, the score right now. I, I know it wasn't. Yeah, that's I, some weak I saw shit. Black Sabbath at Ozfest a few years after that. Yeah, yeah with and no, Velvet Revolver. No. At, well, Austin, and I saw him with, with uh, and I'm oh, at the Alamo. Was, like having oh, been okay. brought back. Right. Oh. right. So, but again, I was way out of the business. It wasn't my fight. I didn't give a shit. Whatever. You know. You yeah. seem pretty upset, man. You see, you seem kind of upset about it. I have the receipts. I have the picture, so I'm good. Rock and roll. I do love that song, though. Yeah, I do. This is one of my favorites. I I didn't realize how 
pivotal pivotal of 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 a moment it was when I heard this until I reflect on it later. I mean, everything about my guitar playing. Now, granted, I'm never going to sound like Zach Wild. I'm never going to sound like Randy or anything like that. But I've, there's elements that I've stolen from them and like half-assed it enough to where it kind of sounds like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it's just it's such a huge thing that that shaped me as a, as a guitarist and a musician all around. And, and man, I just. I think there's like nine or ten tracks on that. Do 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 do, you know, like when he when they're playing that, like in the, the very intro, dude. It's it's just so huge, and I just remember the first oh, yeah, time like hearing that, years. and I just I like listening to all that Aussie stuff, man. Where like in fact, you know, where where Zach comes into the picture and all, and and they're playing like a full step down, and it just sounds so heavy mm-hmm. and dirty and just. And you know they're only doing that to accommodate Ozzy's for voice. Ozzy's voice. But you don't care. Yeah, yeah, but it all's yeah. well that ends well, man. <laughs> fucking, yeah, you got no, some killer yeah, yeah. fucking Oz music Oz out Wall. of it. Like, yeah, you can. No, like, uh, that record Bally was Hooter like, that was, that was Ozzy's like 90s comeback record. That was like a big deal, that record was. I think this was peak Ozzy being heavy. Yeah, and and yeah. I've just always really loved the theatrical nature of that song. Mm. Yeah. That's the way you it's open very cinematic. <laughs> it's very cinematic. Always loved it. Yeah, well, I think uh, this it's about time to wrap. Chuck, uh, what are you what are you plugging right now, man? Anything uh, anything we can promote? Nope. I feel like everybody needs to see your stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, a cookbook, like, just, just website. Go to the website. There's pictures. There's stuff to buy. There's What's prints. That again? And uh, there's there's it's thisischucksstanley.com, and uh, there's socials. There's you can buy the cookbook. It's it's all there. I, I like how you're you're pretty SEO friendly. Everything is like this is Chuck Stanley. That, and that was just based off the old rock report intro. And it was a way, cause I think Chuck Stanley was taken or I don't remember. I don't, you know, but it so, was always, this is Chuck Stanley with the 99, five kiss rock. Report. That's how it started. So. And, and those are words I don't really say in that inflection anymore, Yeah, but the website is like that. So again, it's a way to make you remember things, which is my whole mm-hmm. thing. And that makes you remember. Oh yeah. And that's the whole point. I hate to step on any toes here, but can you just say like? I was about after- to ask him. I was totally about to ask him. Can we do it one more time? No, no. After we sign off, can you just say this is Chuck Stanley with the Rambling Souls podcast? You ain't got enough money. Uh, well, Chuck, we we really appreciate you being on here, man. Um, Thank you so, for having me. Like like we said, he's pretty SEO friendly. I know he's on on Instagram. It's uh, this is Chuck's at this is Chuck Stanley, and then you can go to this is Chuck Um I noticed yeah. it, on your website you had a link to all your Pinterest stuff and pretty much every form of media. Yeah. It's just a way to, to to send out as many whore arms as I can, and and like everybody, everybody's trying to do something that, to make them spread out, and that, that's yeah. it. Cool. Well, visit thisischuckstanley.com. You can find everything that he's doing there. Uh, there's some killer write-ups. He's covered everybody from, like, Mark Anthony, uh, Bastille to Metallica and, and Ministry. like Motocross. Oh, yeah, dude, covering everything, like... Those motocross pictures yeah, are sick, actually. Sick. MotoGP and, 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 uh, uh, and IndyCar. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you guys need to... Seriously, I, I know a lot, not a lot of people are doing websites. Check this out because there's a link to a multifaceted individual who is just super creative and, and is excellent at everything that he touches. So, um, Austin, I think this is about your time. Oh no, Gabe, you want to give a shout out to our sponsors? Yeah, man. So, uh, shout out to our sponsors. Um, the switch lock at the switch lock on Instagram or the switch uh, great components, uh, which are created for guitar players, uh, with channel selectors, as far as, uh, three to five positions for that matter. Um, shout out to Josh and the guys out there over at Na- in Nashville, 
Shout out to Element Tattoo and Jedi, uh, one of our biggest sponsors, our local sponsor over at Element Tattoo at 4741 Fredericksburg Road here in San Antonio, Texas. And Ted and the uh, crew at, at Fury Golf. You can check them out at Fury Golf on Instagram or go to their website, furygolf.com. Hell yeah, guys. Again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of this conversation, uh, we really want you to. So there's a few ways to do that. One of those is through the Discord server, the Rambling Souls server. You can also call in, let you let us know your opinions on things through the Google Voice line, 512-766-6774. You can email us at ramblingsoulsmusic at gmail.com. And, of course, you got us on Instagram, Facebook at the rambling souls we're going to be posting all the pictures and everything uh from our awesome special guest today that we talked about as uh as well as everything and updates what's coming forward with the band soon so please follow us on those socials and give us a shout out stay in touch guys yeah thanks again everybody it's been awesome catch us next time